another one. DJ Khaled. So it's your boy doing the James, and we're here for another episode of the Influencers Influence. I'm joined by Ned Oskazim. Um, he's the football brand manager of ProDirect, or he was until very, very recently. Ned, how are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm all good. How are you, James? Yeah, I'm well, man, you know, living, you know, trying to get on with it. All right, so Ned, before I go into anything else, I usually, usually start with a quick fire round to get my people feeling very relaxed. But you know what? You're so cool. You might not even need this. I might just skip it. I might think, you know what, Ned, you're calm, but I think my people appreciate it. Anyway. it you know what I mean? Anyway. All right, cool. So for you, what's your go-to platform? Instagram, that's me all day. Yeah? Mm. Alright, cool. Your team on FIFA. Team on FIFA this season. I like playing with PSG. Yeah? Why? Mm. Neymar and Bappe. <laughs> Easy peace. I'm the pace, pace merchant. Yeah. Pace, pace always kills, man. Alright, cool. Uh are you team Klopp or Team Pep? Uh as a Man United fan, it's hard to be either <laughs> one. But I'd probably say you have to give it to Klopp now. Yeah, yeah. Personality wise and everything else. Alright, um describe your footballing ability in one word. Oh, that's a tough question. Listen, it makes people smile, that one. Uh, inconsistent. <laughs> <laughs> what position do you play? Or did you play? I, play, I still play. play. I still yeah, play. play. I play either as a number nine up front or yeah. I play uh, like right wing as well. Jeez. Yeah. So, All right. No, I've been playing forever, so I'm okay. Like, I'm, yeah. I back myself. I scored, I, like I scored more goals at Old Trafford last season than Alexis Sanchez. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. I got three in one game at Old Trafford. So. Hey, listen. Listen, sometimes you got to throw that out there let the people yeah, know. And all I scored right. at Emirates, by the way. Did you? Yeah. All right, cool. You're doing your thing. All right, your go-to skill then when you're playing on the wing. Oh, I was known when I played when I was younger for the giant step over. <laughs> <laughs> the giant one? Yeah, you know, Amazing. where the leg goes round. Oh, the my yeah. days. We say yeah. it takes two seconds to get around. Yeah, <laughs> okay, exactly. cool. The all giant, right, the giant right, step right, over right. was me. All right, cool. Um, your best football in memory? As a like as a fan? Uh, okay, let's go one as a player. I'll oh, play in memory. Scoring, obviously, scoring at Man United is massive. Yeah. Uh, and also as a fan. Let's as a both. fan, for a Man United fan, like I said... Um, it has to be the Champions League finals, you know, mm -hmm. the, the heartbreak and the the good ones because obviously we got bought by Barcelona as well twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, but we well, yeah, both of them. No, 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 I wasn't. Okay. This is, I was a bit young. Okay. Um, but I, I remember watching '99 final okay. as a kid. I remember okay. I was on a school trip, yeah. primary school trip. Yeah, yeah. So bearing in mind, like year six. <laughs> yeah. And we were staying in some dead hostel or something. Yeah, like, yeah. And they let us watch the game. But yeah. bearing in mind, we're like, what, how old would it be? Like 11 or Yeah, yeah, yeah. 10, about 11, 11. yeah, 6, yeah. And the game went extra time, didn't it? Yeah. So it was sorry, sorry, no. What happened was, in the, it's 1-0 by Munich. Mm -hmm. And then Man United scored. Yeah. And everyone went mad. Yeah. But because it was so like loud for kids, they sent us to bed. And we didn't see Solskjaer's goal. No. Yeah, because and then they were like, well, because they thought it was going to go extra time. Yeah. Because it's like one one. Oh, exactly. Very, yeah. Last yeah. minute. Yeah. So they were like, okay, guys, kids, quiet. Out for another half an hour, like <laughs> bed. No and then way. I, remember, I, I can remember this. Like the teacher came in, like once everyone was in bed, and said, oh, by the way, somebody else scored. I don't say by the way. But I don't know who it was. Don't say by like, the way. Don't, she was don't like do that. Some middle-aged woman that wasn't oh into football. She didn't even know which team which it was. Which team it was. So we didn't find out until the morning that Man United had won. Can you no, imagine? that's outrageous. That's, that's crazy, cheeky. Yeah. And you're a Man United fan. Exactly. Can, you know what? Yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. heartbreaking. The fact she actually came in and alluded yeah. to the fact it could have been. You were just sleeping and that you know night. What? Like, did we win? Did we I not? didn't see the goal for ages. I, I didn't see the goal until like Football Focus on a yeah, Saturday. Yeah, it wasn't as easy as You couldn't just YouTube it or anything like that. That's actually so And then also like... I have to shout out the semi-final World Cup. Okay. Uh, England, Croatia. Okay. Just because 
I've never felt like such elation. Yeah, and then coming down. I was in Moscow for that. Well, you, you actually yeah, did? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. that's different. The atmosphere for like 67 minutes in that stadium yeah, after yeah. Trippier has gone yeah. was just insane. It's like, it's the one time the whole country yeah. genuinely believed. Honestly, I was... Uh, I was um, 100%. I think I was in Chiswick. I was watching it at a pub and the whole pub erupted. And yeah. I was like, yeah, we're going to win it. Then... To see that the crowd I couldn't was see how we weren't going to I didn't understand that I remember either. saying to my, like, We're going to be in the World Cup final Yeah, yeah you World saw Cup it. final You saw it And then yeah So the, yeah, it. football has its ups and downs Of course sure. it does Alright, cool man um, What are you currently watching? Watching? What do I like? I like watching Ballers Yeah? Yeah I'm Is that on Netflix or what is it? No, it's on uh, it's HBO but okay. You can watch it on Sky Okay So Ballers, I really like that I think he's scarily accurate in some ways. <laughs> Obviously, like dramatized. But, yeah. Um, and then I like watching a lot of documentary stuff as okay, well. Like so uh, I recently watched the Aaron Hernandez. Same, stuff. same. Yeah. I was thinking that. As soon as you said, I was like, Aaron Hernandez, you watched that. Which yeah, is yeah. deep, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, really enjoyed watching that. But yeah, uh, and sport. I watch, I watch a lot of sport. Of course. Yeah. Uh, always, like anything that's on sport, I'm always You're watching, watching it. Yeah. Right, sick. What are you currently listening to? Listening Whether it be music, podcast, whatever. I like Bieber. I'm a Bieber fan. No way. And I'm not ashamed to say that. My brother, that's it. You know what? I have to shake your hand because the fact you said it with such confidence, yeah. that's the next thing. That I new don't album know. changes. I'm on that. <laughs> oh, you on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but usually, like, <laughs> if I'm in the gym, I'll just put on the like, hip-hop gym playlist on Apple Music and just let that play out. Uh, in the car, it's got the Spotify. I, just, I like to mix things up, but I'm, I'm mainly like rap stuff. Is my yeah, kind of rap's your thing. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Uh, you're currently reading. I like to... Well, I, I buy a lot of books. Okay. <laughs> That's a start. You know, like when I see something, I'm like, I buy that. I, yeah. don't, I don't read fiction. I can't okay. read fiction, but I like okay. reading, obviously, business books, autobiographies. Oh, yeah. Is there some that comes to mind? Um, yeah. So that. one that I've started reading recently is one about the guy who created Dick's Sporting Goods. Okay. So obviously a massive retailer in mm-hmm. the US, mm-hmm. um, getting that insight in his business and things like that. Um, and what else have I read recently? Um, there's a book called Growth Hacker. Okay. It's quite By a cool who? book. Uh, guy, I can't remember the first name, but his surname's Holiday. All right. Um, right? No, that's not Ryan. Holiday. Right? Yeah, maybe it is. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Ryan Holiday. He's yeah, he's quite a popular author yeah. as well. But yeah. I don't know if it's him. Um, but yeah, but yeah uh, so I, I read a lot of business books, a lot of development books, stuff like Sick. that. So do I Marketing actually. concepts and ideas. Um, but yeah, I, I buy more than I read. You know, yeah, like, yeah. I've got a stack of things. Listen, that I'm, you've got I'm good intentions, to. bro. That's you got to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, sporting autobiographies as well, like Tiger Woods one is one I've read. Is that a good one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's a biography rather than autobiography, but yeah. again, really it's good. It's lit, yeah. Mm. All right, cool. So, I mean, that's our quick fire round down. I think, like I said, you're already looking cool, so you're Appreciate just extra it. cool now. <laughs> Ice cool now. Um, so, imagine if I was <laughs> just not living on this planet for the last 50 years and I didn't know what ProDirect was. Yeah. And if anyone's listening by some crazy twist of fate, they don't know what ProDirect is. Yeah. What exactly is it? And just, yeah, describe what ProDirect was, essentially, or is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, I can can't speak highly enough of ProDirect as a brand. You yeah. Know? I mean, for me, my memories of ProDirect are being a kid and going into school with the boot Bible, the catalogue mm. that used to come through the, the door. Physical, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, literally, that was the big day when <laughs> somebody got the boot Bible and they brought it into school Yeah. and you literally were like, okay, I'm going to get these, I'm going to yeah, get these, I'm yeah, going to get yeah, these. Yeah. So it was like the August catalogue, but for boots. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. It's the best thing you could ever... It was yeah. like, it's like Instagram before Instagram. Yeah, in true, way. Just, just boot true, bitch still, after boot bitch true, after boot true, true, so for me, yeah, ProDirect was always this kind of the, the place you needed to buy your football stuff. And obviously, as a young football fan, young football player, that was, I was always looking on their website and things like that. So ProDirect, for me, are the leader when it comes to performance, like specifically football products, yeah. and the go-to place for like seeing what's out there in the market. But also when it comes to content creation, they're okay. creating like, the best kind of looking imagery, the best video content, the best insights from the pros. And the access that ProDirect gets is incredible as well. Um, working with all the top athletes in the world thanks to the partnerships that they have with the brands 
Um, and obviously that's because the brands are giving them that access because mm. they know that the content mm. that they're going to get out it's of it gonna be sick. is yeah, going to yeah. make sense. Yeah. No, that's sick. Um, in terms of you, yourself, yeah. uh, how would you describe your role that you previously had there? So at ProDirect, I kind of had a, I don't know, maybe you could say I was like the number 10 role. Okay. <laughs> Man <laughs> yeah. said the number 10. I was I kind am of dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I worked on lots of different things. You know, I didn't really have a clearly defined like this is exactly what Ned does or mm. this is what you're responsible for but I like to work across all of the kind of outputs that ProDirect were doing so mm. kind of from a brand identity point of view from the content we created I might be doing the interview sometimes mm. I might be giving the interview giving some insights on a boot mm-hmm. or I might be producing behind the scenes and kind of helping come up with the concepts and there's a really talented team down there that work on a lot of things as well so mm. um yeah, I kind of worked on a bit of everything, especially because I was there for uh, nearly six years. Yeah. So it was a long time. A very so, long time, yeah. I mean, even when I first started there, one of the first projects I worked on was LDN19, which is the concept store that they have on Carnaby Street. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so kind of even that's going dope. back to like finding guys to work in the shop. Yeah. Um, what product should we put in the shop? How yeah. does the shop look? That's dope. Uh, and then, of course, like growing the social profile, making the social accounts, doing content, doing events. We yeah. did a lot of events. Yeah. Like, people maybe forget how many events we used to put out of ProDirect. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I kind of had a... And then on the other side of that, you've also got the bit that you guys maybe don't see, which is where you're working with the brands around like products, like what products are ProDirect going to buy? Like, And obviously there's a separate buying team that works on that, but we yeah. input like, well, we think this product's great, this looks good. Oh, you give cap- them actual insight? from Yeah, yeah, 100%. Oh, I think sick. that's something people don't really know. Like ProDirect... They have a value to these manufacturers because they know what sells. It's like, true, actually. Like yeah. Nike can only sell to guys that are actively looking for Nike. Hundred percent. So if you're looking at market share, let's let's really super simplistic. Like forty percent Nike, forty percent Adidas, or something mm. like that. Mm. If you're like the Adidas guy, and you go to the Adidas shop, yeah, you're never gonna see what Nike has to offer. It's true. Because you're never in your head it's thinking, true. I want to go buy Nike. It's today. true. So what Product can do is. The 40% of that market that was never looking at your product... Now can potentially shift their way. Yeah, oh, like if wow. you... Oh, I didn't know that Nike had a boot that was like similar to the Predator mm, or whatever. Or maybe mm. this boot might be nicer for me. So there's a lot of value that a, a multi-brand retailer can bring. And that's the same for not just Predator, for any... And that's why I think the brands need partners. Yeah. You, you can't just be your brand. Be like, by yourself. Yeah, if, James, yeah, yeah. if James goes out there and says James <laughs> is the best every day, yeah. eventually people are going to go, like, is oh, he the best? Leave but it, if, there's it, a, no, if there's a team of people around you that's saying, Shout James is it. sick, James is killing it, that elevates you, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, oh, that's true. why these partners are so key. No, that's sick. All right, what was the rationale behind the actual retail store? Because I think that was a very, very smart strategic play. But in terms of in-house, yeah. what was the thinking and what, what was behind that? I think for ProDirect to have that space on Carnaby Street, it brought a face to the brand. Mm-hmm. Um, as an e-commerce retailer, online retailer, you, you can only connect with your audience and your fans in so many ways. So to have a space where people could actually go into and connect with the brand, and it was never meant to be somewhere where it would sell thousands of pairs of boots. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about that. It was about more building a community and giving product a presence on the high street, but in a unique way. We didn't want to be a website with a shop. It I needed hear to, that. I it needed to that. be more than that. It, it needed to that. be kind of a place where you could experience football. It needed to have more depth to it, 100%. Yeah, and I think we did that there. <laughs> we did a lot of things there that we were like, well, we had Pele there. That, <laughs> listen, I'm so upset to get him back to that. You had Pele there. Yeah. Pele, you know. Exactly. In London, booling off. Shut down Carnaby. <laughs> he did, man. Honestly, like, I saw it on socials. One of my favourite pictures from that day, there's someone has this picture. I can't remember who took it. I found it on Instagram. Yeah. Where, and there's a funny story, like the very last minute of that day, so the entrance to the store yeah. is actually in the basement around the back. So when we brought players in, we'd usually bring them in from the back and then they come up the stairs. Mm-hmm. Now, on the day, 
they were literally like, oh, Pele like really struggles with stairs at the moment. He, yeah. he, he just had a hip operation. Yeah. So is there any way we can like get him in without going up the stairs? And I was like, oh, the front door. So we had to get dispensation from the council like on the day. Like, look, seriously, can we just drive him down Carnaby as yeah. far as we could? And then he walked down the front, like down that red carpet almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what ended up being is just like this sea of people like with barriers and then just Pele like in the middle of like walking down and waving. And for me, that's one of my, like, my favourite pictures. It's just like this crowd of people and then just Pele. In the and middle. what he represents. And I was like, oh, wow, we did that. That's actually so yeah. sick. Um, obviously, yeah, you hinted that you did so many sicks or activations and captured yeah. so much sick content. What's the story behind creating briefs for brands and capturing the content? Do you go to them and say, listen, we've got a sick thing we want to do. They come to you or do you sort of meet in the middle? Talk to us about bringing that together. Yeah, I think it's a collaborative process. Yeah. And uh, thankfully, the brands are obviously open to a lot of ideas right now. Um, and it could be a case of like our, our business team, the product business team may have invested in a product and they're like, right, now we need to bring this product to market. What would you like to do? Blue Sky. So then we would go away, a little team of us, we'd think, we'd brainstorm, we'd come up with some ideas. And then we might go to the brand and say, okay, can you give us David Beckham for this? Because we think this is the idea, this is the kind of reach Do you know how sick get. it is that you can just ask, yo, can I have David for a little bit, please? And yeah, to actually make it happen, isn't it? <laughs> you don't always get the yes. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> uh, um, but that, that, could be, that could be one way of doing it. Yeah. Or it could be the brand come to you and say, okay, we've got an opportunity where we've got some, we've, we've got some time with David Beckham. What would you like to do? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then it comes back the other way and then we would work within the parameters of what's possible. Mm -hmm. So there's two ways it can go. Sometimes 100%. the brand would bring an opportunity to you and sometimes you would kind of just bring something out of nowhere and try and make it happen. Make it happen. And uh, yeah, sometimes it starts up here and it ends down here and then vice sometimes. versa as well. You know, there's a lot of things. I don't think people truly understand like sometimes how much work goes into goes this into stuff it, yeah. and the variables that can affect the output as well. But I have to say your execution as, as a team at ProDirect for me, it's always been so, so high and Appreciate so, so consistent. That. So you guys keep killing it. In terms of um, the future of that kind of cr content creation, those activations, yeah. where, where do you see it? What do you see? Accessibility is a massive thing right now, isn't it? So in terms of, of players, they have their social media platforms and they have access to the fans directly. How can brands tap into that? What the, what's the future of that space? Yeah, I think it's a space that's actually, it's due a change. Yeah. I feel like, the old, I mean, even in this kind of time I've worked in the industry, like six, seven years, I've seen it shift a lot. Um, and now there's definitely a lot more focus on like what is the actual output and like some of the events and some of the brand things that like I've been a part of, the numbers will make your eyes water. Like how much it's money how much you're spending. Yeah, it goes into it. And then you're like, is the output worth it? And I feel like people are now much smarter about where is the money being spent. This is not an endless pot of money. No, of you course know? Like, not. Sometimes you think like, oh wow, they spent this much money and yeah. I don't, see how they can actually sell that much product yeah, to make yeah, it back. Yeah, yeah. but then it's not always about selling it's the like product brand awareness sometimes the awareness well, exactly that sometimes the awareness can outweigh it and how do you measure awareness that's what I was going to ask you right. what's then, the metric of success for a campaign and what's people it? often say that about social and stuff like oh but okay well, but what's that worth but then again like if you put a billboard in Times Square mm. like, how do you know what that business that created for it's you true. you don't and it's that's true. old school marketing in the sense of like sticking Very up a true. billboard yeah. so there's there's always immeasurables in that sense. And you have to kind of, sometimes I feel like you need to get just a feeling of it, is it worth it? But where does that space go? It's a really good question. And I feel like now, more than ever, people are more empowered to do their own thing. Yeah. And I think that the onus, again, the brands and partners can provide opportunities. They can provide a place for you to create. They can also give you an opportunity to create. But ultimately, I think it's now getting to a point where 
if you want to create, you have to go and do it yourself. You like, think so, and, yeah. Yeah, and I think the barrier <coughs> for entry is lower than ever. Of course. Anyone Social media's done that, yeah. Like, ed, like, I mean, I mean, not, not everybody has an <laughs> iPhone or whatever, but yeah. like, smartphones are accessible now. Like, most people can have access to a product like that. 100%. And sometimes it used to be like, oh, but I haven't got the gear, I haven't got the, I can't create. You can. Like, anyone can. And this is why, like, I particularly like TikTok at the moment. Yeah. Because I feel like it has the old vibe of what Instagram was like, where it doesn't matter about the quality yeah it's yeah the content it's just like, about creative if you're funny if you're creative if you're insightful it will fly are you on tiktok right now are you using it i uh i consume it i don't okay. pay for it okay but i find it fascinating are you thinking about how you're gonna play in that space yourself or is just something you want to just look yeah, at no, I, I, yeah i think there's lots of opportunity in that space and yeah. uh but you have to find like again like find your style for that platform 100%. um but what i love about it is how discoverable it is. Mm. Whereas now I feel like with Instagram, it's discovering somebody new isn't that easy. Mm. You have to actively go find it. Whereas that mechanic on TikTok of like, I don't follow anybody really. I just kind of scroll yeah. on the For You page. Yeah, yeah, and I just yeah. kind of see where it goes. Yeah. I call it getting in a TikTok hole. Yeah, and you just, <laughs> you just keep, going. keep going for time. But that's great because you're discovering, like you might see somebody on there with like 100,000 views on their video or something with like less than 100 followers. Yeah. But because that piece of content just hit the right spot, it blew up. Whereas that's harder now on oh, Instagram so because of the algorithms. It's and, true. And also like the paid mechanic of these platforms. Mm -hmm. So I find TikTok fascinating right now. Yeah, the organic reach. I mean, there are a mm. few people shouting about it. Gary Vee is one of them saying that organic reach on TikTok and ironically LinkedIn as well, which is more like yeah, a business yeah. platform. But if you were a nobody, quote unquote, and yeah. you put something out, you're now going to be seen by a lot more people on those two platforms. So that's very interesting. All right, cool. Yeah. So we've spoken very briefly about the future. Mm -hmm. uh, let's take a step back, man. Let's talk about let's talk about Ned. So if you're a superhero, yeah, yeah. Uh, what, first of all, what would your superhero name be? Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> superhero name? Yeah. I'll think about it. I'll get you. All right, cool. Yeah. And what would your origin story be? So from start to you sitting here now, talk to us about how you went about doing what you did. Yeah, I mean, for me, I guess it kind of all started just because I was obsessed with product. Mm -hmm. Like, when I was a kid, I was a nightmare for my parents. Like, yeah. I wanted everything. <laughs> like, yeah. Sneakers, football boots. And I wasn't from, like, a wealthy family or anything like that. And yeah. I could just remember, like, but just, I just obsessed trainers do, and yeah. football boots and everything like that. And also, like, this is something that became, like, a benefit to me, but I, like, I wouldn't throw anything away. You just kept it. I was terrible for keeping things. Like, okay. my mum would be like, oh, these are knackered. Put me in the... No. <laughs> and I kept everything. What, why? Like, you I just don't know. Like maybe sentimental, sentimental or you just you thought it looked cool. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I, I just liked having like my boots and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. my football kits. Like from when I was a kid, Serious? I kept everything. Got I've got my like they're not even valuable. Like nothing. <laughs> it's like but I play in this kit and I kept it. But it like, from when I was like ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, okay. And I remember just saying to my mum, I don't want to throw it away. I don't want to throw it. Away. I don't want to throw it away. And then um, just always loved boots. Like mm -hmm. always loved football boots. And I guess before I realised it, I had a bit of a collection. And when I was young, like. I mean, Instagram didn't exist. No. YouTube wasn't even around. But I used to just take photos of my boots. And I do not even know what I'd do with them. Yeah. Like, no you were ahead of your time, them. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, yeah. <laughs> I was just time, taking bro. pictures of my boots. Okay. And then when social started, when Instagram started and Twitter started and things like I used to just post pictures of my boots. And I used to actually, before that, football forums. Yeah. I used to go on forums. Yeah. And like, there would be, like, well, for sneakers, it was Nike Talk. That was the place to go. Like, very American-centric, but you could get insights on what was coming out. You got to see, like, other people's collections. This is, like, people would post on there. So I would do the same on football forums. Okay. So With football boots? Yeah. Okay. I literally would, like, oh, I've got some mercur like, mercurials and predators. Like, I used to just take a picture, like, deadest picture on, like, yeah, the yeah, worst yeah, camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
like or even sometimes iPhone like scan it uh, this is before <laughs> iPhone bro this is like Nokia uh, 32i that's what I'm thinking of yeah 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 <laughs> um, I remember that yeah taking these photos and then you post them on football forums Seriously. and what was interesting about that time it was probably the first time where you realised there's other people like you that are around you like or out in that world of course because now the world is smaller than ever because you is. can connect with if you've it got is. a passion or you you really like something you can find somebody else 100% like you 100% whereas I didn't know really, I mean obviously my friends like football boots but no one would like like them like I like you didn't them. know it was a global thing like yeah. the trend so, globally yeah. and actually some guys that I would have probably like posted pictures on football boot forums like years and years ago yeah. I'm talking about like early 2000s now they have jobs in the industry as well like it's quite funny uh, and yeah, that's kind of where it started for me. And then I went Instagram, I started posting my stuff. Yeah. And then I got noticed by Nike, like Nike like, engaged with me on my Instagram. Serious? And I had two big things with Nike, which were quite cool. One was Prior for, to Pro Direct. This yeah, was this, independent. Is, this was just, just me. Net, I was just, just me. Like, I was yeah, just, yeah. yeah, I was just posting boots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, then, so it was for the England kit launch. Okay. Nike did a competition where they wanted like a tweet as a message for the England players. Okay. And it was like 140 characters. Yeah, like. yeah, of course. And I did one, I just kind of like blase, like just stick a tweet out there. And then I remember it was like a Sunday night and uh, my phone just blew up. I was like, what's going on? Like, yeah. And then it was a uh, Nike football had literally taken my tweet. They'd gone to St. George's Park and they painted on the pitch, like four size letters, my tweet no. and my username. And then they take a picture from like an aerial shot, like a helicopter, with the England squad standing. See, Nike do nothing in halves, though. That's dope. Yeah, and then they posted it on the Nike Football Instagram and tagged me. Okay. Like, can you imagine like what that okay. was like to be on like at Nike Football? Okay. Yeah. This is they had like less than two hundred thousand followers. It was quite early in the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then like obviously like your phone blew up. Yeah, yeah your, was, your platform. I was blew loving up. it. And um, yeah, it kind of grew from there really. And then I started like. I did a little bit with Nike, went to some events, I worked a little bit with Soccer Bible, and mm. then I made this relationship with ProDirect, and I kind of just kind of stayed in contact with them, did a few pieces together, freelance, and then eventually it grew into a role, which is what I've done for like the last six years. That's so amazing. That was, it kind of came from social media, that is That's the truth. Like, I never had a CV, I never did a, never did a marketing degree, yeah, I never yeah, did yeah. anything like that. I just kind of had a passion, and I like just put it out there, yeah. and eventually I grew a network, connected with the right people and that led to the opportunities that I've had. Do you know what? That's so dope because you just stayed true to who you were. You honoured your truth yeah. and um, you were just authentic with you. just put out boots. That's something you've been doing all yeah, your life anyway. Exactly. And yeah. to do that and then to be and rewarded. And you know what's funny? People used to, like my mates would joke with me like, oh, why are you posting this? Like, you're um, like why are you doing this? Like, and I just, but at the time, I literally was doing it for no other reason that I wanted to post something and what for I had you, to post was it? boots. See, like, <laughs> like, there was, no, there was no benefit. People weren't sending me boots then. People yeah, no, of course like, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just posting You're them. just you, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I happened to kept all my old football boots. Yo, that's proper. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a big piece of advice for anyone. Like, yeah. Just keep, stay to your truth, man. And, and someone eventually, like you said, there's a tribe out there for you and there's people mm -hmm. out there, there's a community yeah. that'll rock with what you're doing and be like, yo, what you're doing is sick. Let's put you on. And I also believe that that shows like you can't fake it. Yeah, like, no, of course not. If you don't genuinely love what you're talking about or posting about, then why are you doing it? Bro. Like, because eventually it will fall off. You'll get bored of it. People will... will Bro, facts. You don't, facts. So you have to really like, uh, whatever you do, whatever you choose to follow, whatever it is, yeah. make it something that you actually like. 100%. Or people don't just clock. try and trend it. People yeah. clock. If they clock, like, right, you're just doing it for the sake of it. Yeah. Bro, that's it. You lose yeah. authenticity. Yeah. That's it. You're done. You're 100%. finished. All right, cool. So talk to us about your um, your role at ProDirect. If, if you had to explain to my mum what it is you did on a day-to-day, <laughs> Obviously, even explaining to your mum, I presume, sometimes might have been tricky. Like, my mum doesn't know what I do. <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? <laughs> How would you put it in words? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that I really liked about when I worked at ProDirect is the variety in what you could do. Yeah. It was, I mean, a lot of travel for a long time. I would travel to shoots. 
Um, and it can be like, I mean, I personally, I love the traveling, but it's not always that glamorous, yeah. you know, like sometimes you're in and out in a day or you fly in, you stay for a few hours then you stay over the next night and then you're coming back home the next day. Like you're waiting around a lot. Of course. But, um, yeah, huge variety in what we did. A lot of it was planning. Yeah. A lot of it then was executing, delivering the event, doing mm -hmm. the shoot, something like that. Uh, and then always kind of look at the next thing. That's one of the things that with ProDirect, there was always the next story. You yeah. know? The football boot industry or the football market industry is massive right now. And there's always a new product and there's always a new story to tell. So a lot of it was very fast paced. And that's what I really liked about it. Good. Um, but yeah, day to day was varied. You know, it could be meeting people, like looking for new partnerships. I mean, we're always we're looking for other As in new brands. Yeah, yeah, new brands. Like, yeah. and that's uh, I think football specifically football because Product did more than football. But if I was talking specifically football, yeah, yeah. football is such a desirable market for brands to be resonating in. Yeah, like there's a lot of value in that football space. So if you're a brand like Red Bull, like how do you become authentic in football? Yeah. And that's actually yeah. a conversation we had quite a lot with them. Um, they were like, we know that Red Bull is in every dressing room in the Premier League. People are consuming the product before yeah, the game. Yeah. But we're not an official partner. LucasAid is the official it's partner. True. So we can't yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah. But how do we make Red Bull, which is known for extreme sports and very, very like prominent in those of industries. People is, yeah. love Red Bull in that industry. They make great content as well. Of they course. do a lot of crazy activations and events. How can we become connected to football in a true sense? And that's where like a brand like ProDirect can bring that authenticity to mm -hmm. something. So, I mean, we actually partnered with them on the Neymar Fives tournament. Yeah. Um, they had a great asset like Neymar, but they were like, we, we <laughs> yeah. want to, how do we become authentic, you know? So yeah, we, at ProDirect, we were always looking for other partners to work with. So sure. we actually worked with a lot of people that wouldn't be a traditional football partner, but it's a great way to grow our reputation and also to connect other brands. So as well. were you actively doing biz dev, like going or yeah, it was already like both. it was warm lead and you're just sort of, it's ProDirect ready. It's, but but it's a mix because quite often it's networks. Mm. Like, this, this, I always say, and it's cliche, isn't it? Like, but who, who you know yeah, is so facts, key. Bro, but facts. if you people buy from people, or people work with people. If you don't, want, if you're a person like, oh, I can't go there. That person's dead. ain't gonna get that far. Because no matter how much value you can bring as a as a brand, if you don't actually enjoy working with that person, then it's kind of like, oh, this is not yeah. worth the hassle facts, sometimes. Facts. So you need to be a great person at connecting with people, and also just thinking left field and looking for opportunities. So quite often, like it, it could be someone at Product reached out to somebody else and said, hey, like we can bring you some value. We okay. love what you do, but we could elevate it in this way. A little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, um, often mutual, just like someone will say, oh, like, maybe we met with EA, like mm -hmm. FIFA, like obviously, mm -hmm. oh, like, this is a great fit. Why aren't we working together more? Why aren't we doing Makes more? Sense. And it's, if, if there's a true value, I think it will always be appreciated. Like you can kind of approach anybody in that sense. In that way, yeah. Mm. No, that's sick. Um, let's stay on the topic of brands right now. I mean, yeah. We could be here all day listing out some of the brands you work with, people you work with, but there's there's a few that come to mind that I thought were so sick, and because of the profile of the players, so Adidas and the Pogba stuff. Yeah, I'll get you to talk about that in a second. But you've met CR7 mm. almost as much as probably his mum has met him. Like you, <laughs> he's your homeboy, he's your dog now. Talk to me about meeting CR7, the various times you met him, yeah. and what that was like. No, I mean it's a true honour. Like, for me, as a Man United fan, like I said, he was my hero like, as a kid. You know, like, he's yeah. like I mean he's few years older than me whatever but when he signed for Man United I can remember watching his debut yeah. I can remember watching the game the Sporting Lisbon game where yeah. he like rinsed John O'Shea all game <laughs> and then the, the story about uh, the guys were like on the bus wait like, Fergie wasn't there they were like oh we better be signing yeah him. we yeah, need yeah. to get him because he's rinsed yeah. Yeah, so yeah. for me like Ronaldo was like I used to have Ronaldo as my MSN picture seriously like, <laughs> I'm talking, like, I respect it yeah, MSN days was, come on he was like after school 4.30 come on exactly <laughs> he was my guy so to have the opportunity to interview him sit down create content with him for me that was mind blowing What's and he like as a person? The best, yeah. honestly. Yeah, yeah. Like, and he has this reputation. I was like, oh, <coughs> Ronaldo. 
no. Yeah. Like, he when he walks in the room, instant energy. Really? Like, yeah. He was very relaxed, and he he really truly understands the value of media. You can see that he knows that you need to have people like on side in that sense. So he'll give you exactly what you need for an interview. You know, mm-hmm. he wasn't difficult with us. He was really kind of welcoming, gave you good answers, um, and that was some of the most successful content I ever made. Like and. Lucky enough, it was me and Cristiano. That for me, like, over a million so was, views it, on YouTube. Yeah, what organic. was that? What was that piece of content called? So the first one we did was a piece of content where we went back with all of Cristiano Ronaldo's boots that he'd worn in previous World Cups. Okay. And then we revealed the boots he would wear. Okay. For the oh, yeah, it makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So we kind of asked him about the boots and a memory from each tournament. Okay. Um, yeah. So if you just type in CR7 product, it will come up. Come up. And then the second one we did was for the launch of the the latest Mercurial, mm-hmm. and it was to do with. We picked out some of the rarest CR7 materials over the years. So he's had a lot of limited editions. He has, man. Uh, and some like kind of key moments. So we got together, like, I think how many pairs we have? Maybe five pairs of rare mercurial CR7 mercs and like showed in them and then again revealed oh, the new merc. That's insane. Um, yeah, I mean, but what, great guy. Like, honestly, I can't say enough like positive things about the guy and uh, pleasure to work with him. Very easy to work with as well. Yeah. And you, people forget like second language he's speaking of in. Of course. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Does he have that professionalism that he has on the pitch? Like, that that sort of mentality, I presume he takes that onto the yeah, media stuff yeah, as well. Yeah, I mean, but he, he's also like, he's he can joke and he doesn't he doesn't yeah. take himself too serious. Banner, yeah? yeah, a lot of the I things like that, that he's doing, like, like that, bro. I remember the first time we walked to him, yeah. he, uh, worked with him, he walked on, he was he was singing Little Wayne. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, like, cop car. Yo. Yeah, he came, in, like, he came in like singing that. Where does it go, Ned? Do it again? <laughs> no, that's dope. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, cool. Now, I'm glad to hear that, man. It's good to know that, obviously, behind yeah. the, the sort of, of course, fame, he's, he's a really Incredibly good dedicated well. athlete. You know, you can't do what they, him and Messi have done without uh, like, being there. 100%. All right, so let's talk about, so we talked about Nike a little bit. Talk about Adidas and your work with Paul Pogba. So meeting him, mm-hmm. what was that like? What was the campaign about? Let's just go into Yeah, I've been done a few things with Pogba over the years. Yeah. Uh, I think probably the one... Maybe you're referring to is when he launched the season collection. Mm-hmm. I can't remember which season it was. Was it season two? I think Pogba season two in Paris, okay. where we kind of spent a little bit of time with him, and then they made like a, a small pitch next to the Eiffel Tower. So these are huge activations for these brands. And again, so much respect for the brands and the teams that they work on these concepts for a long time. You know, mm. like this, especially on something like a signature product. There's so many things that are out of your control. Yeah. Um, around like, will he be injured? Will he be in form? For like real, you all know, this I didn't stuff. Think about that. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's a lot that goes into that. Are there that. contingencies in place for that? Because that's, that's, yeah. that's the worst case. Like, what do you do when that happens, bro? I think I've got some great stories around yeah. that kind of stuff. God, like, listening. Uh, the funniest one, I think, was uh, Balotelli. Yeah. <laughs> so when Balotelli was at Liverpool, yeah. Puma did this series of boots where they had, uh, I think it was Aguero, Fabregas, Marco Royce, and Balotelli. Yeah. And they made them like a special edition of their boots in the colours of their team. Okay, that's um, dope. Or like the colours of their country. And Balotelli had these Evo powers, which were like Ita- Italy flag. Okay. And the, the story was that they would wear them for one game only. Mm-hmm. There was no PR. He would literally just go onto the pitch. He'd wear them in the game. And yeah. then the minute he would go on pitch, they would go on sale. So there was no... Because usually you know when a boot's yeah, dropping. Yeah, there'll be there'll a bit of build-up. Okay. PR, yeah. Um, the story was kind of like be super fun. We're talking like sub 100 numbers. Literally, go on the pitch. Everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, what's he wearing?" There would be a tweet out going, "Available now." Okay, from back. the Puma official. Yeah. Okay, oh, and, and from Product. Like, oh, we okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> they, this is just bad luck. <laughs> Fabregas wore them New Year's Day. Yeah. Chelsea got beat. First time they got beat in forever. Yeah. It was in, in the Mourinho era. Like, yeah, yeah. And they got done. Marco Royce 
was injured, never wore them. He was out oh for like months. Oh my days, bro. Aguero uh, took them off at half time, had a stink of a game, subbed off. <laughs> Baratelli yeah. was the best one because he was meant to wear them. It was a Saturday morning game, I remember. So bearing in mind that like, you forget that all the comms, all the websites like, has to be like ready to go live. It can't yes. go live early. So someone has to like kind of press the button. Yeah, yeah, yeah manually there. And yeah, this yeah. Saturday morning, so yeah. I think it was like the 12.30 kickoff. Okay. And Friday afternoon kind of comes through. Our Balotelli has a heel injury. Like he's not going to wear them because he's, got, he's wearing like a specially adapted boot because yeah, yeah, he's got yeah. a problem with his heel. And we can't adapt his special edition boots quick enough. So he won't wear them. It's postponed. Launch is postponed. We'll, we'll do it again another day. What happens? Warm up, he's wearing them. Like, <laughs> and everybody's like frantically. Yeah, morning, yeah, trying to rectify. Please, can you get it? It's ready. Can you? Because otherwise the story's gone. Because he's course. only wearing them one of game. Of course. So everyone's like sweating. Get it. The boots go live like probably 60 minutes into the game. Yeah. No joke. 65 minutes subbed off. James Beatty comes on for him. <laughs> he said James Beatty. Was it James Listen, Beattie? James that's Beattie, unbelievable, bro. Yeah, it would have been James Beatty, wouldn't it? Yeah, he was. He was at Liverpool. That's yeah. actually unbelievable, yeah. bro. Yeah. Like, people like forget. Nah, yeah, you know what? There's, like, so, there's much so much that goes, goes into, into it. And a lot of it is out of the out of the hands of these people, you know? That's like, mad. There's nothing you can do no, about it. No, of course that. not. Of yeah. course not. So that leads me to my next question. And so coming up with like these ideas, like that, that idea sounds sick. Mm. But coming up with these ideas, um, how hard or easy is it? Is I mean, how much activity? Oh, how sorry. Much imp- yeah. Ricky Lambert. Not was it Ricky Lambert? Yeah, yeah, okay, Ricky cool. Lambert. okay, cool. Okay, cool. I didn't know. I went along with it. I didn't know, bro. I'll be real. <laughs> I was thinking, I, was like, I knew that went right in my head. Ricky Lambert. All right, cool. Um, but yeah, coming up with these ideas, yeah. how actively involved were ProDirect in this and how hard or easy is it to come up with something like this? What's the timeline on it? Um, yeah, ProDirect's always actively involved in that kind of stuff. And yeah. I feel like that's something that, that makes ProDirect unique in that yeah. sense. They have to have, you have to have your own slant and your own input otherwise you are just another face in the crowd you know mm. so i think that's something product always did a good job of was finding their what was their take on things and specifically around product i think they were known for being kind of the most insightful and the n- most knowledgeable on the product they yeah. had a legacy they had a history yeah. of product right while, people yeah. knew about product and like what they stood for in the boot world they're very well respected um so yeah, I think that's what Product did a really good job of. And how easy or difficult it is. I mean, sometimes they're challenging ones. Sometimes the product comes and you're like, mm, I don't know, what, what can we say about this? Um, As in you're just not feeling the product. But you're like, you might not like it yeah, yourself personally, yeah, but it yeah. doesn't mean that it's not a product that's a good product or yeah. also there's not a market for that product. 100%. It may be because of frustrations like, oh, we can't get access to the players we want to tell this story or yeah, the players that true. are part of this story so are out control. of form or... Yeah, their team isn't doing course, very well. I mean, this is what I remember working on stuff with Memphis Depay mm. when he was at Man United yeah. and Under Armour. Yeah, he was the just face wasn't of Under Armour. Yeah, just wasn't when he was at PSV, killing it. Yeah, comes to Man United, we're like, wow, great. Peak. And they had a good boot. They had a boot which was really sick. It was called the Speed Font. Memphis was wearing it, but all the marketing was about like if you look at Under Armour as a brand, they only signed like the best. Yeah. They, had, they didn't have many athletes, yeah. but they had like at the time Andy Murray was like world number one. Andy Joshua, heavyweight champion of the world. They had, uh, who they have? The sw- they had um, Tom Brady. They had like superstars. The very, very best in and the field. The yeah. v- so you didn't have to have loads because you had the best. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then they had Memphis. Mm. And Memphis is such a good kid. Like, honestly, you worked with him on a shoot. He was great. Yeah. But because the campaigns were led by kind of um, the identity of their other athletes, it didn't fit true with him mm. because they were talking about like greatness. And then he's struggling to get in Just and struggling because of his Man United. At the time. Yeah, and it, like yeah. you could tell he didn't feel comfortable doing it. Yeah, the narrative he, didn't yeah. fit in as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, 
how do you take that? You reevaluate, you flip it. It's about the grind to be mm. the best. Mm. And that's something that I think you can probably see now that's with Memphis. Like, yeah, yeah, he yeah. did go away, like he did reinvent himself and he did like he's performing really well for Holland and he was before his injury at Leon as well. So um yeah, hundred percent like it's, it can be challenging, but there's always ideas. And again, that comes back down to your passion. Yeah. Like, if you really, truly love what you do and yeah. you, you have these insights, there's always an angle. You'll find you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. You realize that you're working on stuff that you love. So just think about it as what do you want to see? Yeah. Like, what do you like that's consuming? True. Just take a step back and say, what would yeah, I want? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's actually leads me on something else then. So, when the idea or things are not going your way, yeah. you have to now try and maximize the output and maximize that sort of reach. How do you go about doing that to make sure when you do put something out, mm. now you get the most out of it? Yeah, I mean, that's tough. Like sometimes we put stuff out that like we work really hard on or sure personally as well, the same, and you don't get the the recognition you think it deserves. Mm. And that's in where there's a really key part of something that I feel like I want to get better at and I think everyone needs to get better at is taking a retrospect to look at what you did well and what you didn't do well. And not just keep throwing out the same stuff. If mm -hmm. you keep putting out the same stuff, you're going to get the same results. So you need to kind of take it away and analyze what you did. Facts. And that's Facts. a massive area I feel like <coughs> sometimes you get so caught up. And I know like personally, mm. I definitely did that sometimes. At Project Red. We were like putting stuff out, putting stuff out, putting stuff out, putting stuff out. Because there's always something next. And like you finish it and you're like, all right, what's next? You never actually go back and look at, okay, what did we do? What was great? What Almost like a formula, tweak? like a model, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, you yeah. have to keep evolving like that. Because... Um, but another way to do it is meet and connect with more people. Mm -hmm. Like that's a, always a good way. If people are really enjoying what you're creating and you're kind of connecting new people and bringing a new audience into your platform or into your content, that's how you're going to get growth. 100%. And you need to be active to do that. You can't be passive. No, people no, no. aren't just going to, oh, this is great. I'm going to pick it up. <laughs> don't work like that. No, so you, you need go to out, get out there. Get yeah, yeah. And you need to be active and really pursuing what you want to do. That's that's the key. That's a great piece of advice. All right, cool. So on your Instagram, you have boots, sneakers, mm. stadiums. Yeah. Uh, let's go into the stadium sort of realm, that world for a little bit, man. Okay. Um, you've been to a few. You've been to the Spurs. You've been to Atletico, Real Madrid, Old Trafford. Is there one? Oh, yeah. Okay, don't say Old Trafford. For obvious reasons, that's no. But is there is there one where you just thought like the whole energy, everything about it is just so sick? Like, yeah, this is the best one. So, I got two favorite stadiums in the world yeah. apart from Old Trafford. Okay. So I love the Bernabeu, mm -hmm. Real Madrid. For me, as a kid growing up, I, I always loved that club of Real Madrid, Galacticos, and I, bizarrely, I had this weird admiration for them because they quite often knocked Man United out of the Champions League. Is know? that why? Yeah, that era, you know. Well, like actually, yeah, I see, like, I see it why because if. That they beat like, you out, yeah. then it's like, okay, you want them to win, right? But yeah, I love okay. the players that, and also, I love, I've always loved white boots, white kits, white socks, <laughs> big thing for white socks, you know? Like, remember the Brazil team, you play with white, white socks, it. is it? <laughs> so, uh, I've always loved Real Madrid, so I've always had a, I really like the Bernabeu. The first time I went there, I think it was actually my 21st birthday, I see uh, Spain play in the Bernabeu, and I've seen Real Madrid, lucky enough to see them play there lots of times. Uh, but I also really love the Marseille Stadium, the mm -hmm. Velodrome, mm -hmm. uh, which is just, a stunning piece of architecture, the kind of design of the roof, and it doesn't feel like other stadiums. You know, like you go to a lot of modern stadiums, now, yeah. it's a modern stadium, it kind of feels like a yeah, modern stadium. But this one has something different. The velodrome is cool, like the, the roof <coughs> has got this mad kind of shape to it. And what did I see? I see a couple of games of the Euros there. I was there for England, Russia in the Euros, and I saw also um, the semi final, which felt like the final, which was Germany versus France mm -hmm. in the velodrome, mm -hmm. which was crazy. So, uh, yeah, I love that stadium. For you, is it more so about the experience in a stadium? And if so, how can the football clubs go about enhancing it? Or is it more, is it, yeah, what makes the stadium so good? Yeah, the I mean, architecture, the experience, the atmosphere, and how can 
sort of clubs enhance that for you even more? Mm, me personally, I, I love the look of a stadium. Okay. Like I, I really like enjoying like unique stadiums, like kind of cool, quirky elements to a stadium, which is why I really like the velodrome. Yeah. But then of course, like you have things like the atmosphere. You mm -hmm. need to have a stadium that kind of creates a positive atmosphere and a great fan experience, which is something I think the Bundesliga gets so spot on. Like you, if you ever get the chance to go to a Bundesliga Never game. Never been, but when oh. you see Dortmund and stuff like that. Like, yeah, Dortmund is a great example of that. The silly. yellow wall. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Um, but I think they also, they just treat their fans with a lot of respect, you know? Like you can drink in the stand, for example, mm -hmm. you know? But mm -hmm. it's kind of, Done in, thing, done in a good yeah, way yeah, whereas yeah, yeah. In, obviously in the Premier League we don't have that <laughs> yeah. and I'm not saying you need to have alcohol to have a good time but it definitely you can't say it doesn't increase an atmosphere no, 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 of course. Um, and things like that are, are really unique and what they do and how they kind of allow the fans to be creative like allow them to bring their flags and allow them to bring their TIFOs and things like that yeah. so I think on the continent you do see a lot more of that kind of uh, unique fan kind of culture mm -hmm. that ultra culture and also yeah, how they of kind course. of gather before a game and there is there is a fine line where it's like okay this is too much now mm -hmm. but you, did you see the Champions League this week with like the Atletico fans welcoming in their team with no, the flat yeah no, no, no. and obviously like I'm half Turkish so oh I didn't know that okay I see uh, Galatasaray Fenerbahce yeah. Besiktas yeah. they're really passionate those. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those I can fans. remember being it's an understatement even <laughs> I can remember being in Istanbul when I was like I was probably like 16, 17 so I was with my dad yeah. and uh, the stadiums are pretty close together like Besiktas, Fener and Galatasaray they're not that far away and I remember driving past like Besiktas' stadium it was mm. like 12 o'clock yeah. in the afternoon yeah yeah and the fans were there I was like, what's what going time was on? Like 8.30 at night, 9 o'clock. <laughs> and they were just there. Just cooling off. Just chanting. Just, their place. Yeah, chanting yeah. just getting behind That's the team. That's what I'm saying. The dedication to the game yeah. is crazy, and I think bro. football means everything to a lot yeah, of these it does. kind of places. So, yeah, but I really like the Bundesliga for its kind of fan experience mm -hmm. and how they treat the fans and kind of the energy and atmosphere. But Premier League as well. Premier League has some amazing stadiums and amazing kind of fan experiences. But you're not going to get it every week. No. You're not going to get it. You, it has to be a big game and a big occasion, I feel like, to get a true like representation. And the same with Wembley, you know. Mm. Wembley gets a bad reputation because I think most people's experiences of Wembley are England friendlies. Yeah, sure. Which, let's be honest, over the years have been ropey at best. Yeah. Um, it's hard to get as passionate over a friendly as well, isn't it? Do and also I mean? because of the way that it, who it attracts to go to an England friendly it's great because schools might get a load of tickets and go yeah. amazing because it's inspiring the next generation of, of kids to yeah, see yeah. their heroes but they're not going to create the same atmosphere <laughs> yeah, that like, no, a load course. of guys might create or something like that or a big kind of fan culture um, so an England friendly isn't the best representation of what kind of atmosphere Wembley can create but if you're lucky enough to get to go to a cup final at Wembley or um, what we've seen Champions League finals stuff like that Wembley is an amazing, like, mm. one of the best stadiums in the world, and we're so lucky that for a, for it's on right our doorstep. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you need to go there for a big occasion to really, truly appreciate how good that stadium is. Well, I hear that for real. Um, in terms of the fan atmosphere and the fan experience, yeah. how do brands now tap into that? Because that seems like it'll be so sick if the right brand with something yeah. authentic come around, they could really get value from it. Where do you see that? How mm. do you feel that could be impacted? Yeah, I think that's a really tough one for the brands because, as you know, like, quite often people uh, if, if you make they don't want to wear their jersey to the game mm -hmm. because it's like oh it's not cool to wear your team colours anymore like kids are, only kids wear the jersey yeah. but then you see in like jersey culture has become cool of over the last couple of years people, wear it people, out people wearing jerseys to the club now everywhere is that, it's true <laughs> it's true you know yeah, like, no, but certain kits look sick like that Dortmund all black one mm -hmm. if you rock it with right nice pair of jeans white forces listen and, that, clean and, and that's because people are now making the kits with that in mind. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. If you yeah. Look at, but then people are now going back in the back catalogs, aren't they? And go word, and find old word, kit. Word, so, word, uh, word. But how do brands like really, truly... I think it comes down to that fan enablement. Mm. You need to give them good experiences. You can't just expect the fans to perform for you because you want them to. Like, you need to, what are you doing for the fans? Like, how mm. are you bringing them a cool experience? How are you enhancing how they watch the game? 
um, whether that be giveaways, things like that, or competitions, experiences, letting them make part of the decisions for the club. Like, yeah. how can you really truly engage that fan space? And this is something I think MLS is doing quite well. Yeah. If you see MLS has that kind of some of these like fake ultra fans or whatever, but some of them are kind of starting to resonate. Look mm. what LAFC done and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Now you've seen it with Inter Miami as well. Mm-hmm. They're starting to create. It's going to be a mad franchise. Yeah, I really love that franchise it's gonna be already. And, but they're, they're doing a lot of things by kind of really embracing the local culture and letting them dictate what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting space for sure. And it's, it's a challenge. Like when you see, you don't have any control over what brand your club like is wearing. No, of course but not. what I think you saw a great example would be Arsenal and Adidas. Like when Adidas came to Arsenal mm-hmm. last season, mm-hmm. everyone loved the campaign because they truly understood the concept of what that being an Arsenal fan exactly. is about. And taking it back. Using yeah. guys like Ian. Like all this stuff. Like he's, ma- he's massive right now for the culture, you know, what he's doing is dope. Ian Wright is, yeah, one of the best guys to ever work with, you know. You met like, him as well? Yeah, many times. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's yeah. great. Like he's truly like somebody that people really admire, mm-hmm. but he's using his position to really also enhance and give back to the community he as is. well. He's not somebody that's just jumped on a bandwagon and is like, oh, I'll make content because I need to make content he to is. be relevant. He's not. Like he will, like if, if you come to Ian Wright and say, <coughs> Ian, I'd love to do a podcast with you. Are you available? And if he's available, he'll do he'll it. Because like, he understands the value in it. And also, he wants to give back. So, yeah, no, I've got a lot of respect for Ian Wright, like somebody that's done a lot right now. And, yeah, super relevant. Like He's just making... And he's helping the youngsters as yeah. well. Like He's really giving good insight and feedback to mm-hmm. youngsters. Um, so you've been to loads of different countries as well. Yeah. Um, is there a country that embodies everything? So we alluded to in terms of the culture of football, but it's not just football, right? It's the fashion of it. It's the music. Is there yeah. one country that you think right now they've just got everything in one neat package and just killing it? Um, I mean... It's maybe a bit cliche, but America, like yeah. I find it hard to look past America for yeah. sports. Yeah. Like I've always been a fan of US sports as well. And if you look at um, like the All Star Game last weekend for NBA, like I love how they do that. That how they collaborate, how the brands are represented, um, how they kind of bring to life and a lot of energy into it. And I think they they finally got the format spot mm. on for the game where mm. it's competitive as well. Um, I've always loved US culture, and I think that's something they do with when it comes to sport, music, sneakers. Yeah. Yeah. apparel everything they they have that full package and yeah. it's, it's definitely like the premier league is learning from the nba and the nfl I can see like that. They're, they're trying to bring their own identity to like the premier league is a great brand mm-hmm. but is it truly on the level of what the nba is no, right now yeah. like in terms yeah. of i mean in terms of products yes but, but in terms culture. of yeah like would you wear something with a premier league logo on it mm, mm. plainly no, the no. M- yeah the nba holds a lot more clout you you're could right wear like an nba hoodie right <laughs> you're right so, <laughs> so, so, can you imagine epl hoodie right now like oh it's the same yeah but like, <laughs> but like, how? But why is that? Yeah, because the Premier League is a great product. Well, of course it is. Yeah. So why is it not connected into culture like that, like the NBA has, mm. and I mean, the NFL to an extent as well. So I feel like there's definitely a lot that, um, if you're looking at specifically English football, can take from US sport mm. without losing our identity. Because obviously, there's a lot of stuff that happens in like. I've been at NBA games when McDonald's gets delivered from the ceiling in, a, in a, like a timeout. Yo, that's just so mad. Can you imagine if that happened in the Premier League? Like, how, can you so imagine mad. the Twitter backlash? It's actually... Do you know what I think um, the NBA has done so well? So the feel for me is like, imagine if you were just in your end in your local area and there was a basketball match yeah. and all the cool kids just came along and were watching the best basketball players play together. Mm-hmm. They've taken that feel and package and just scaled it up ridiculously. Mm-hmm. And that's what it feels like because you're watching like rappers, they've got floor seats. Yeah. But then the rappers are interacting with the ball players. The ball players will score a free and they'll look over to a rapper. Yeah. And it's like, the synergy is just crazy. Do you think we could ever emulate that here well, in terms of that type of feel? We can yeah. if mainstream media accepts it. Mm. Because you see it now, like 
Pogba comes off the bus with a haircut, he'll get hammered. <laughs> but it's true a story. big part of what the NBA does at the moment is what the players that, are wearing to arrival. Yeah. Like how they that. enter the arena is become an expression of yourself. It's because they're all like they're they're revealing new products. They're kind of collabing and making their own kind of creations in fashion. Whereas if we did that in the UK, oh, they're not focused on the game. Yeah, yeah. It's not the case. If, if you want to truly kind of it's grow true. their personalities and kind of grow the awareness of sport, you have to let these guys be themselves, you know, like let them have a personality. And there is a very old school mentality in, I think specifically in the Premier League where if they're doing stuff on their social, they're not concentrating on their game, mm. which may be true in some cases, but you can't have both. Of course. And I think that's what NBA has done. They've allowed the culture to shine because they've let their personalities stand 100%. out. And I think the NBA is in a great place right now in terms of the personalities that they have that carry in their game. That's true. They have so many big superstars, and I mean like superstars That's out true. there. But they've allowed them to be superstars. You know, like Damian Lillard performs mm. mm-hmm. at All-Star Weekend. He's, in, he's rapping. That's mad. Can you imagine if <laughs> Pogba wanted to do a rap? <laughs> at, He'll get before slaughtered. Before the FA Cup final. He'll get slaughtered. He'll yeah. get slaughtered. He, uh, yeah, no, so, you're right. But there's an acceptance it's, there. In terms of just a modern thinking, that's what it is. Getting yeah, yeah, the yeah. mindset, right? And how all the campaigns that they're doing... like. NBA signed a deal with Louis Vuitton. They're doing. A, I didn't know that. Yeah, and they, they're doing. A so deal what are they doing with them? They're gonna do like a series of apparel and a little collection. Or like, what they wear before the players come on. No, so probably more of an off-court star. Jesus. But also like LV and MB- Jeez. So you see the uh, the trophy. Yeah. The NBA trophy. It now comes in a custom Louis Vuitton case. And FIFA did it with the World Cup. The World Cup had a Louis Vuitton case. But these are the kind of moves that they're making because that is mad. Louis Vuitton, you would never directly associate with like the NBA like that. No, no you no. would in the sense of the players would wear it. They like their product. But yeah, it's high end. It's got that quality. But it's bringing together yeah. a synergy in a different way, and it's putting That's them out mad, there on a new bro. level. So, and I think they're doing a deal with Hennessy as well, like NBA and Hennessy. So that they're open to these kind of kind of ideas and connecting with different cultures and making their brand forever relevant. Yeah. Whereas I feel like in football, maybe in well, the brands obviously do like. Nike, Adidas, yeah. like Puma, they fully get it. But the older establishment, the that's FA, what it is. That's the, what it the is. Premier League, the that's PFA, like, have they got to that point yet where, and, and mainstream media, are we allowing people to be like that? Um, They're not just, just not as um, forward thinking as, as the Americans right now, but yeah. I think you're right. There's so much positive to be taken from it. Mm-hmm. All right, cool, man. Let's play a little game called Football Friends, Friends <laughs> of Football. So I know um, you've, you've met a few of them, but are there a few that you actually consider... Your brethren, because I think on your gram, yeah, Adrian, the goalkeeper, yeah, Adrian, Adrian he hit you up. He was like, "Yo, like you were having banter in that." Is, do you have a few relationships like that, or is that quite rare? Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, lucky again, like over the years, you meet people and the guy. People, this is something again. I always have this thing about when people meet athletes, yeah, and they say, "Oh, the guy was a dick." Like, mm. like <laughs> I think it's because for a lot of people, you forget that you know everything about this player. Word. Like, you know, every, especially if it's like a player for your team. Word. Can you imagine if every person that come up to you, James, is like, they knew everything about you. Yeah. They knew about if you had a fight with your missus. They yeah. knew if you fell out. They knew if you had a bad And they thought. start bringing it up. Like, yeah. But, and they know nothing. You know nothing. They know nothing about you. Word. So for me, the kind of benchmark, as long as these guys are polite and they're not rude, that's all they need to be. They don't, they're not your friend. Yeah. Like, they yeah. are literally just, yeah. because you, and they are obviously idols and role models and they get that. But so for me, as long as they're polite, they're and cool they with you. Yeah, okay. Fine. So you think some people they have expectation, but they're like, of yeah, course. that's my boy, but he's not your boy. They, yeah. they, they're like, oh, he's not your boy. Oh, he wouldn't come to the club with us. Yeah, he's not your boy. Of course so. he's not, because no, he's not he's, your friend. He's not your friend. He's just some guy that you, you obviously Word. know a lot about. So okay. as long as they're polite, for me that's the minimum. But yeah, yeah like I'm lucky enough that I've kind of got some good relationships with players. Yeah, and come, stuff comes through work and some outside of work and stuff like that. So yeah, no, Adrian is like one example. He's a cool. really good guy. Uh, guys like Yannick Balassi, another top guy. Yeah. 
Morata spent a lot of time with him. That's proper. Um, so yeah, no, kind of a lot of guys, but they're all like they're normal guys. Yeah, exactly. Day, like football fans, and if you have mutual things in common, of course you, you can get chat on, about. You know? it. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, but um, the most famous person on your contact list. You might hurt a bit, of, a few feelings <laughs> here. Do you know them ones? So you can decide to how you want to play this question. I can't lie. Uh, good question. Athlete wise, mm. I mean, who's the nicest? Okay, World Cup winner. Lucas Podolski. Yeah, that, I mean, if you that's win the World Cup, listen, bruv, that's sick. Yeah. All right, who's the person you that would most likely, most, 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 most likely pick up your FaceTime call? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <coughs> Morata. Yeah, yeah, you pick it up. Yeah, yeah. You're so lucky to put you on the spot. You know, I was gonna just be like, "Yo," but you're alright. We're not doing yeah. that today. You're <laughs> no, okay. No, yeah, he, no, he's good like that. Yeah, yeah. Right. he likes his socials and that. Uh, best banter. Uh, Ian Wright. Right, yeah. Yeah, right. Nice seems good. actually. I can see it on when the ground. If, when you're with Wrighty, it's non-stop. Yeah, like I remember one time in the Euros, we I was teaching him how to use Snapchat. Yeah, and he, his Snapchat was like a new platform. He's like, I well, you, never, you never knew how to bang it. No, like, it was oh. like it was new, like 2016. Like, oh, it was okay, kind of just okay, kind of okay, coming okay, through. Okay, and okay, okay. He was like, I want to be on Snapchat. I want to be, and so we sat down and we was like playing with the filters. And, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got this joke. Like, he was loving it. He didn't get it because <laughs> he was trying to like. It was, I've got the video somewhere. But he's like, you know, like the filters that like morphs your face or whatever. Okay. He was like morphing his face for the filter, so it was like double morphed. You know? So he was like trying <laughs> yeah. to do an expression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, big so man! You've seen it great, me. bro. Yeah, but, uh, but he's legend. Honestly, Ian's great. He's the top guy. Ah, right, cool. Uh, so who's like the best, like in terms of professional, the one that can just do it in one take, and or someone who's just a nightmare, just bare bloopers. Every time you meet up, you have to take like 20 takes, just loads of bloopers come out of it. Uh, it's a bit harsh to out is it? but <laughs> this is funny, it's a funny story. And yeah. He's gone on to do amazing things and, but I remember like, literally one of my first things, like, is one of the first shoots I ever did when I kind of was in this space, I did something with England yeah. and we had uh, Raheem Sterling when yeah. he was like, he's, he, I think he just got an England squad yeah. and he was very young and very yeah, 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 yeah. and we were doing these kind of like bits to camera yeah. and, uh, yeah, I don't think he'd ever done anything like that before. Yeah, yeah. We he was new to it, man. Really simple. It. Yeah, yeah. Like, it took him a, Is it a few bloopers in that? But yeah, if you it's look right. at one of the last videos we like Prodirect did with Raheem was the one with Chunks and Philly, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, done that numbers. just shows you that you need to learn the media game is another thing. And I think of it's course. great that these guys get the support and the media training that they need, you know? So, no, that's yeah. dope. And by the way, Raheem's killing it right now. What he's doing with Gillette, like, yeah. I'm sure he can do it in one take now. He's the 100%. Man, he would have learned. So, what ways can athletes sort of take control of their media as well? Because right now, mm. it seems like they have a lot more control uh, more control than ever. So, like Jaden Sancho, for example, he put out like, a video of him getting a trim, his gym videos, his holiday videos. Yeah. Like, what other opportunities lie there for the athlete to take control of their own personal brand on, on, the, on the platform like that? Yeah, I think you kind of nailed it yourself. It's like investing in having somebody document what you do. Yeah. And making sure that the message that comes out on your socials is truly your message. And it's not being run by an agency. Mm. And like, because I mean, obviously there's a lot of athletes out there and a lot of personalities that they don't actually post themselves. Like the content is coming out, but it's done by a content Someone team. Someone else, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I understand like obviously there's other things that they want to focus on, but if you are going to be putting content out there, I feel like you have to make sure you have some involvement. <laughs> 100%. Make sure you're kind of either co-signing what you're said. No, like when you read a post, you're like, you didn't write this. Yeah, because you can it's, tell. It's, it's just written in that kind real. of corporate yeah, manner. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. like written by some guy that's saying, oh, can you post this? Yeah. And I remember seeing some shockers, you know, like, where the brand would send them a product and like a script. You could tell they've just copied and pasted it. Or they've even left like, hey mate, can you post this? Like, remember things like- Serious. Yeah, yeah, That's really bad. That's poor So skill. if you're gonna invest and yeah. put the effort into having a social profile and, or if you wanna connect with your fan base and you wanna kind of be authentic there, 
you have to get involved yourself. You can't allow somebody to represent you, you know? If you truly want to kind of make an impact, and is it valuable? Then you're gonna have to put some work into it, like anything in life. How will um how will the brands try and connect with that authentically? So, say for example, the Jade and Sancho example, mm. there weren't any brands attached to him, yeah. and he was just putting out these videos by himself. Uh-huh. What would be the best play for a brand to do something and collaborate authentically? So he's getting a trim. What brands are coming? How can they do something authentically? He's working out. How can they fit in without being forced? Like you don't want to see a big, massive yeah. Nike logo. Like buy this now. Like relax. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Some of the best collaborations that happen out there are when it truly is a product that the guy likes. Yeah. So with Jaden, he's obviously a Nike athlete. He's obviously working out in Nike sneakers, yeah. but he probably used to wear them anyway. Exactly. And that's why they're the brand that he's chosen to go with. Uh, and Nike have actually invested a lot in Jaden. You've seen like they've done yeah, stuff in Kennington with them. They did a pitch with him. Yeah, Lambo so, Tigers. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. these are kind of really cool stories because this is where he's from and this is authentic, you know? This is not a forced like shave a Nike swoosh in your head mm. kind of thing. You know, <laughs> this is literally something that they're doing that together because they're taking <laughs> athlete insights yeah and i think that's if you're a brand and you want to work with an athlete or you want to work with an influencer look at the insights around that person and why are they a good brand fit you can't say oh i want to work with james because he has a big social reach yeah no it needs because to be more than it that. needs to be i want to work with james because he's been using our product since he was 12 years mm. old he really likes it he knows the history There's of our brand depth, he, it, he, yeah. may, he may even buy our brand without us knowing mm. Therefore, okay. that's a great okay. partnership. So you have to analyze how you choose who you work with because who you work with is a big indication of who you are. 100%. You are who you hang with in that sense. 100%. So I hear that. Ne- never work with somebody because they're the trend right now. Because mm-hmm. oh, I want to do a video with them because they're like getting views the right, now. Thing right now. Because if they're not somebody that truly fits what your brand's about, that will be exposed at some point. Facts. Because either they'll start doing things and you're like, oh my God, why do we work with them? <laughs> yeah, facts. Or they do things that are detrimental to your brand. So you need Mm. to make sure that whoever you choose to work with is a good, authentic partner. And that comes from knowing the partner, knowing the individual and finding those insights. I think one of the kind of coolest things I got to work on with uh, Product was we did some stuff with Nike, with Marcus Rashford. And they gave us, like Marcus was like our athlete for the World Cup. And we made a video around like Marcus's story. And we got to spend some time with some of his family, some of his brothers, uh, and really find out truly what Marcus was like yeah, yeah, as a person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we got like the, all that insights and we created some really nice content. And when we spoke with Marcus, he was like, oh, how do you know that? Like, and look, because we'd done the work. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. what made it a great piece of content in my mind is because we truly researched it and had those insights. And I think that's the same with any brand that's looking to connect and work with a, an influencer or an athlete, get to know them. Absolutely. And like before you commit to them, like make sure they are the right fit for you. For you. And just and because they're represent. a massive athlete in one sense doesn't mean that they're the right athlete for your brand. So. No, that's actually very, very sound advice, man. Um, I really appreciate that. All right, cool. Let's go on to sort of um, cross-genre. So apart from football, you've been blessed to work um, with athletes outside of just football. So Kobe Bryant, obviously RIP to him. He was a massive, massive uh, figure in the NBA game and the global sporting world in Uh general. Uh, Just talk to us about you meeting him and what he was like as a person and his legacy. Yeah, so I mean, we also launched ProDirect Basketball in my time with ProDirect, which was, again... That came from insights. One of the most searched for terms was pro-direct basketball. Serious? And we didn't have a basketball side. Oh, bro. Uh, and obviously basketball is such an emerging sport. Of course. Um, I've got a huge passion and love for basketball. From yeah. Going back from, again, I used to collect, well, I still do, Jordans and sneakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I've got like LeBron's, like his first shoes and stuff like Sick. that. I've always just loved that product and I love the NBA. I played a lot of basketball myself. Uh, so naturally when it kind of launched, I was like, I want to be involved. How can I support it? Mm-hmm. How can I help mm-hmm. us? And yeah, 
lucky enough we got to work on some really cool activations uh, around Nike and the NBA deal when that launched um, the Jordan Brand Classic which is a kind of all-star game for the best high school kids in the country yeah and they also extended that into europe as well so okay. we did some stuff where they were identifying the top european kids and we took them to brooklyn and Jeez. they got to play at madison I square garden and the I barclays center like uh, and then of course yeah i mean one of the highlights was i got to do an interview in an event with kobe bryant mm -hmm. um so we made a kind of a really cool mini series called the cut okay it was something we started doing with nba athletes that we met because we didn't have a huge following at the time for our, pro our basketball channels um and we didn't obviously you don't get that much access because the the, the main stars are the guys that are in the u.s they're not as accessible as like when you work in premier league we've got like five premier league clubs in london you know like, um so when we did get our time we were like oh, okay how can we like extend Try what we maximize get? this course so yeah. we basically released really short form content like two minute clips yeah. which were like each question of the interview was one clip and we would then Seriously? supplement okay. it with um, like some B-roll and some insights. Okay. So we did a series with Kobe where we basically asked him, I think we asked him five questions yeah. and we made five videos from okay. it. Yeah. But the questions were just really kind of about his mentality and his okay. focus and some of his fears. Yeah. Um, and it was, yeah, incredible guy to listen to. You know? yeah. I feel very blessed that I had the chance to sit down with him one-on-one. -on -one Absolutely, that you know, must have been you've seen the photo, it's like, yeah. we're like this. Yeah, like right. you're actually... Yeah. Right. His, his legs are like <laughs> dominating. Was there like one piece of advice, one little, I don't know, one sentence, one gem that you, you know what, like, that still resonates? To funny you say that. Like, yeah. um, I went back and I watched those interviews recently, obviously. Yeah. After, yeah. When that news happened, I couldn't believe that yeah. news, you know? like it's crazy, really man. takes you like by surprise. Crazy, man. And I remember just one of the questions we asked him about was about... Um, did he ever feel like he wasn't good enough for the NBA? Yeah. Because he came in really early. Like, he never went to college. He yeah. went straight in. Yeah. Um, and also, he didn't necessarily have the, the best start. And mm. I think this is what's quite interesting about the NBA. Like, we know everything about these rookies when they're coming in because they're so hyped in college, NCAA, and they're so hyped at high school. But you know like how in football you can have someone, like, break out and be immediately a star? Like, Cristiano or yeah. Mbappe yeah. or some of like, those guys like Sancho. Like, when they're so young, they already can be like a superstar. NBA kind of manages these guys differently. Like they don't always become like the star, and they don't always kind of. And it takes a while. Like right, you can okay. be a, you can be a big name Very in terms of name. big representation, a big bigger like reputation. History, yeah, yeah. yeah, but you may not always just go into a franchise and be like the star. You of know, course. it takes time. And Kobe okay. went through some troubles like that. And he was talking about how just that mentality again, like never giving up and kind of having that focus. And there's some really great insights that he has there and that whole like Mamba mentality. Of you course. Know, like, yeah, to listen to him tell you face one, to face one to one was, is uh, unbelievable. Was, was mad, yeah. So, again, a, an athlete that inspired not just basketball players, but inspires a lot of guys. I think you saw the respect paid to him 100%. by guys like Neymar. 100%. Like he was a generational athlete, for yeah. sure. Global icon. All right, cool, man. You also met the likes of um, Odell Beckham. Yes. Uh, what was that like? What was yeah. the story behind that? I mean, that's, Odell Beckham was at the Tottenham Stadium. It was something, again, super cool by Nike. They did a Odell Beckham signature shoe. Um, Odell was in London. And with the NFL games being played at Tottenham Stadium over this season, they kind of did like a cool little activation there. He did a Q&A. Um, and again, he's another athlete that I really admire what he does. I mean, he hasn't had the best of luck on the pitch recently. Mm. Like he's had kind of mm. two suspect seasons, if you yeah. like. But um, in terms of somebody that's killing it when it comes to branding, and I love what Nike have done with Odell with his pregame kicks where he's had like these mad limited editions. And I'd love to see this come to football. Like, yeah. I do not know why this hasn't happened more in football where they're creating uh, cleats for Odell every week, which are 
kind of new ones every single week. Same same shoe, but different yeah, designs. Yeah, different designs. Okay. And the designs are inspired by parts of his life, by parts of what is culturally relevant right now, by the okay. city that he's playing in okay. that weekend. Okay. Um, and sometimes he only wears them pre-game. Okay. And then he wears like a... Take something else, yeah. Yeah, and I think this is something that I think football has this to do. Like, football should be doing more of these. Who would be the pay- poster boy for that, for football? Obviously, though, though, because he's such a massive personality yeah. on and off the field. For me, I can see, like, if you look, again, if you're looking for that Nike connection, guys like Neymar, like, yeah. he's, and we've seen it a little bit, he's had a signature, he's had, like, the Jordan collab stuff, but Neymar is the guy that can carry these stories, mm. and even Neymar and Mbappe as a duo, you know, like, yeah, and you see that with, like, the off-white stuff that they had, and obviously Cristiano wore the Kim Jones, but you'll see Cristiano kind of phasing out a little bit of the Mercurial line, like, he is the godfather of Mercurial, mm. so there's a room at the bottom for, like, energy to come through from a new I athlete, um, so guys like, obviously, Neymar and Mbappe and stuff. The like other that. ones. Yeah. Um, you also met Demi from uh, Baller, so for yeah. people that don't know what Baller is, could you just shed a little bit of light on that and what he was like as yeah, a personality? Yeah, Demi's a great guy, like a good friend. I've known him for a long time. And um, so Demi used to be a professional footballer. He played for Ajax. I didn't know that, you know. Yeah, played World Cup semi-final. He's a baller. Yeah. Jeez, I did not know that, honestly. You can't call your brand baller and not be a baller. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know how mad that would have been if he was yeah. dead at ball? Demi, yeah. respect then, you're a baller. All right, cool. Demi's so unlucky, you know. Like He missed the World Cup final Jeez. through injury because in the okay. semi-final... Uh, they played Uruguay. Holland played Uruguay. Martin Casares kicked him in the face, and he like got cut in the face and like yeah. laughing, and he missed the final. Like he probably would, that. he was he probably he was in the squad and he probably would have started the World Cup final, but they lost that Damn. final in Iniesta. Okay. Um, but yeah, so Demi, great guy. Like and yeah. him, there's actually Greggy Vanderville, Alero Elia, and Demi. That kind of were the three faces of baller. There's obviously a lot of investment. A couple of great guys in the background, mm-hmm. uh, Jewel and Ralph. Um, and they made this brand baller, which kind of represented what the lifestyle of a baller off the pitch. Okay. So again, very like black, white, monochromatic, yeah, kind of yeah. luxury. Premium. Very clean, yeah. Their Instagram, their socials, yeah. really clean, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, Demi's a really good guy, like very good entrepreneur. And they lucky, well not lucky, they they worked together this season and made a collaboration with Puma. Okay. So uh, that was kind of the last time I was with Demi, I think. But Demi is also part of the team behind Four Three Three. Yeah. So if you know Four Three Three, the Instagram course. account, yeah, yeah. Like, one Massive. of the top twenty Instagram accounts in yeah. the world, yeah. like incredible engagement serious growth Demi and his kind of team they work on 433 they work on Baller uh, and they, they've done a great job of kind of really maximising kind of football in the social media space and kind of doing that 360 approach to the content a product um, a social account and growing everything around absolutely so. no that's dope you know that's a, that's a great insight I did not know he played football yeah. the fact he was a baller and he called it Baller yeah man <laughs> I like that I like that There's a I love them you know why I like Baller why because they uh, they really like needled the brands yeah. and I love that what do you mean like they got in there because they don't pay to endorse athletes right but guys are wearing they their stuff they want to wear it okay I remember like you got a few bits yourself yeah of course oh, come on yeah. G you said yeah of uh, course um, <laughs> it was Angel Di Maria yeah where they signed for PSG yeah so bear it in mind PSG Nike Club Angel Di Maria Adidas athlete yeah what's he wearing at the press conference yeah. big baller tee like <laughs> He's Yo, wearing it in, that's the, dope. in Qatar, dope. like, that's press conference. And then I remember, like, they were, they were getting letters, like, yeah. you can't do this. But they weren't doing it. They yeah, weren't he just wanted to, yeah, he wanted to wear it. Uh, and this that's is massive. This is interesting. That's I really like that space. That. And, th- like, I, I really appreciate those brands that go out there and they're hacking the game a little bit. Yeah. You know, like, they're just making a great product and they want to wear it. It's true. And then, obviously, there's contractual stuff. He can't wear other brands. Like, but they're like, well, we're, we're not a sports we're brand. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're a fashion brand. And you can wear it if he wears a... Dior, yeah, no one's gonna say nothing. So like, like, oh, we're not in sport. You just, you're just. So, how do you think they're doing it? Because that's so like to get high-profile names to want to wear your brand without necessarily, yeah, 
forcing it. How do, how you, how are they doing that? That's it. Make a good product. Yeah. That's it. The product is the yeah. best thing, best yeah. market. All right, cool. Let's go on to um your boots, man. So I know you you love your boots. You're a big yeah. advocate of wear your boots, bro. Yeah, you shout that on the ground yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um, if you had to sort of make a Frankenstein boot, so the best elements of all the different boots, Oof. what what would you bring together to make your ultimate sickest football boot? That's a tough one. It is. So my two favorite boots are very different. Okay, like, what's your, what, what well, are they? I love the Mercurial line from Nike. Like, I've always like loved that Mercurial line. Yeah. But I also have a special place for the Predator Accelerator. Okay. Like the original Accelerator. That's kind of one of the first elite boots I ever had as a kid. Yeah. And I can remember like the story about getting those boots for me was everything. Like Beckham was again, Man United fan. Of course. Beckham was the course. guy. He was the face. He's still of the guy, bro. Yeah. He's still the guy. Yeah, yeah. Um. So and they were the boots Beckham was wearing. So I, I had to have them. You know, like I remember causing a scene to get them <laughs> and uh, I wore them until they were dead so I guess if I was making a true kind of Ned Frankenstein boot yeah. I'd probably take maybe the design elements of the accelerator and mash it into the performance of the Mercurial or something like okay, that okay. which is such a big no-no in it and Adidas and Adidas Nike, and Nike. But that's a lot of people of, are just cringing right yeah, now yeah. but you know what that, I'm having it's alright it's alright you that would be if you're going completely yeah. wild yeah that's be, what you do that's what it is frankenstein yeah. isn't it cool exactly. all right let's talk about sneakers a little bit man i know you're passionate about your kicks yeah um is there a pair that you just say is the ultimate the shoe of shoes the pinnacle of trainers sneaker game is there one that comes to mind to narrow it down to one oh i don't know i don't know if i could you couldn't no i don't know i don't know what is the grail in that sense for me hold on let me make it easier for you then okay. how about I'm going to give you a little subcategory. Okay. So go to sneakers. If you're going on a date, I don't know if you've got a missus or not or a yeah, girlfriend, yeah. but if you're going on a date, you're like, okay, I want to look fresh. I've got a nice outfit. Kicks to go on a date with. I want to impress. What are you going to put on? Okay, so this is where it gets interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because i got a lot of sneakers. Okay. Like maybe like four or 500 pairs, but I find myself so often, I'll just wear a clean, white, common project. Serious. Never. Because... It can go in any situation. It's true. Like, you never know what's going to happen on a night out. <laughs> I might end up in the club. I might end up going home. You might end up going for dinner. It's the like, versatile thing, you know, bro. So a clean white column project yeah. is a great must-have. Everyone needs to have that in their rotation. Okay. But if it was kind of like, what sneaker? I've always loved the Air Max 90. Air okay. Max 90 for me is one of the kind of nicest Air Max silhouettes. It's not so out there that it looks like modern and stands out and maybe it's like, mm, shouldn't really wear that with jeans or whatever. Mm. The Air Max 90 for me is the bright blend of kind of performance sneaker and kind of cool cultural lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And I really like the Jordan 1 as well. Yeah. The Jordan, Jordan 1. 1's clean. But funny enough, one of my favourite sneakers <coughs> is probably a sneaker that I don't think I can ever wear because I don't, like it doesn't suit me, but I love the sneaker is the Jordan 11. So the Why Jordan doesn't it suit you? I don't know. I haven't got enough swag for it. <laughs> but uh, I love, so you can't put I, it love I love the Jordan 11. You know, like the story behind the Jordan 11 was, Jordan wanted us, he asked, spoke to Tinker Hatfield, he was like, I want a sneaker that I could wear with a tuxedo. So it mm. has the, the patent leather effect on it. So I, I've I got like that. every OG colorway of the Jordan 11, boxed, unworn, never touched. Swear down. But I love that sneaker, but I'd probably never wear it. Maybe if I was playing basketball, I might wear it. As Potentially. One of, but right. yeah, I'd never wear it out, to be honest. Okay. I love that sneaker. What about your go-to uh, workout gym trainer? So we've talked about sort of going out, yeah. swag, just the gym one, working out. If you're in the gym yeah. and you're working out, I'm a big fan of the Metcon, which okay. is the Nike, uh, yeah. the Metcon sneaker. It's pretty yeah. good, like all rounder. If you're running, yeah. there's only one shoe you should be wearing right What's now. What's that? It's the Vaporfly. Yeah. 
the shoe that's the controversial shoe. But I've, I've why is it controversial? Because of the energy return and the kind of okay. the, the uh, kind of the improvements that we're seeing in times from athletes wearing it. Okay. They've just recently given it the okay that it won't be banned for the Olympics. Okay. But oh, is that what the athlete wore to break the Kipchoge? Kipchoge. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, was, yeah, yeah well, so yeah, he yeah, wore, yeah, okay. he actually wore the Alpha Fly, which is the new model which will be coming out this summer for the, ahead oh, of the Olympics. Oh right. Okay. So it's a it's the next generation of, of the of the Vapor Fly, which is out there right now. Okay. So that whole story around the Vapor Fly and the kind of next percent and the kind of four percent shoe that they made before that, you have to check that out on YouTube because the engineering behind this shoe is incredible. Okay. And yes, a lot of things are marketing about like make your performance better. But this, this shoe genuine, genuinely will make your. That's... I I've put so many people onto this shoe. I was like, okay, you want, you have to get it. And everybody that's oh, got you're it, really raving about this. No, honestly, I feel like I have to go nighttown. Like I never like I've never seen anything on? like it in terms of actual product. Yeah. That will definitely give you a performance benefit. The vapor flies on a new level. Everybody that I put in that shoe, they've broken their PB. Seriously. Within like two, within the first run. And a part okay, of it obviously well, is psychological. Yeah, must be course, a little bit of a placebo. But there's also some facts. And some of the documentaries and some of the reports about it, I think Wall Street Journal did a really good video where they got an athlete, put him in the vapor fly, they yeah. put him in a different shoe. He just runs quicker in the vapor fly. There's, the energy return, the design of that shoe, and that's that's for me, that's product innovation. Of course. And that's what I love to see from these brands. Of that's course. what they do best. Of course. Designs, everything aside innovate and make your product Try and be something different and that's nike the vapor fly if you're if you're a runner i mean it's a high price point shoe it is like and it's meant to be for race days only okay but i can't not run in it now if i if i put that yeah, shoe on you tried it yeah yeah, yeah. you tried the best you, know what? you like, can't go so back bro it's true my other running shoes which i really like i, yeah. I run in like the infinity react and i was trying and i put them back on and i was like why am i time so slow <laughs> genuinely i can't believe this flight. yeah you have to try it honestly vapor i feel like flight. nah okay cool i'm gonna yeah. have to go and try this yeah, all right yeah. next time i sort of speak to you i'll let you know how it goes and yeah. if it has improved my pb then listen we'll, we'll let nike know they're doing their thing <laughs> um so i know another space that you're passionate about you like you said wear your boots you still play football sunday uh -huh. league um what's uh what's your thoughts on the whole sunday league youtube football space yeah. Where is it going? Is it a viable career option for young players? Where do you think it's headed, basically? Well, firstly, I just want to say how much I love Sunday League. Yeah. You know, I've, I can't remember not playing Sunday League mm -hmm. ever since I was seven, six, seven, eight, whatever. Yeah. Like, for me, it's just a great thing to get involved with. If you can find a good club and play with your friends and being active is such a big part of life right now, get out there and play yeah. and just enjoy it as yeah. well. I mean, that's it. I, I don't play Sunday League anymore to like to win necessarily. I'm, obviously, you, you're competitive. Yeah, you want to win. You, you I play in quite a good league. Yeah. But I do it because I genuinely just love getting together play with my your mates, mates as well. They're all in the same playing team. football, you know, yeah, and that's enjoying football. I think quite often now with the pressures of the world and stuff like that, you need things that you just enjoy. An escape, innit? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I enjoy that. going out there on Sunday morning. That. It's freezing cold. It's wet. <laughs> the pitch is trash. But I just want to play football, yeah, you know, facts. and enjoy it. Like, facts. I mean, even at my age now, I want to play. So, um, yeah, definitely... I really have a lot of time for Sunday League. Uh, the YouTube space is really interesting, you know? Like, I mean, obviously, we've seen guys kind of growing from there, that like, so many people doing their thing, like SE Dons and yeah, that. Yeah, of course. Um, Beatty's and if you look at it, yeah, yeah. Beatty's are great. I mean, Beatty's got a deal with New Balance. Crazy. Like, and out. the other day, bro, Wingstop sponsored their front I of see, shirt. I see that. I see Brother, that. So that's that's big. Big. they're bringing a value to that space of for brands. Um, and it's authentic. It's true. It's it real is. football. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, I do think some of the YouTube stuff is a bit. Yeah, dramatized and dramatized. Yeah, it's like course, EastEnders course. on the pitch. But <laughs> uh, yeah, why not? Like yeah. if that's Sunday League has created many a players. I mean, we spoke about Ian Wright earlier. Ian Wright was playing Sunday League when he was like 20, 2021, You know, yeah. like, so Sunday League is a great place to be. And I saw something the other day which was crazy for me. It was something to do with the top ten UK football clubs 
with in terms of YouTube following or views, hashtag United. But they're, they're, in the, they're in the top ten. I think, I think they I were like eight or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, massive yeah, shout yeah, out to yeah. Spencer and the guys over there. Doing I mean, their thing. Yeah. Hashtag started as a Sunday league and they're kind of growing and growing and then they have their. They're, yeah, in, the they're in the actual league. Like, they're in the sucks. pyramid system yeah, now, yeah. aren't they? So they'll. I mean, for me, if they want to, hashtag can end up in the Premier League. You reckon? Why not? That's a massive statement. Because you know why? Why? Because they have the audience. Yeah. They have the partners. They got yeah. guys like Adidas and they have the funding and they have the passion for it. Of course they can keep growing. It'll take oh, yeah. time. Of course, yeah. And like, look at Salford as well. Same thing. Like not They're not a YouTube team. No, but of, course. of course, they're a small team and they're going to grow. Work, but yeah. because they've got the infrastructure around them, they, they can, they do can it. keep winning. And realistically, Hashtag could be in the Premier League, which is mad. Because they just started off that with is Spencer and his brother and his friends. To and, think that. And now they, they could have a team. And eventually, obviously, there'll be a lot of hurdles. There'll be things that they have to overcome. Yeah. But when you have the fan base that they have, when they have a following... And then, of course, the financial support and backing will help. They could do it, which is insane. But That's actually crazy to think. So commercially, do you think it could be um, it could rival the lower leagues, for example, your conference national league? I think it already league? does. I think it already does. Yeah. I think what they don't have is obviously historical fans yes. because they're new. Yeah. So you don't have the generations of like generate like my granddad support of course them. of course you, you don't have that. we're gonna be the granddads that supported hashtag United yeah yeah, yeah. And we're gonna true. be that it's true still so yeah. and but what they're doing they're accessible to a bigger fan base and a bigger audience straight out the gate mm. i mean you pro- there'll be kids out there that know more hashtag players than they do oh, championship yeah, players you know like so when you have a fan base you're going to have following. You can make a difference. And also, they're, they're distributing their content so well. Yeah, they their are. Their content is That's out clever, there. Like yeah. And because they have the resources or because they have the drive and the focus to do it, they're putting out content regularly, whereas a team that's playing in League 2 probably isn't making content like At that. All. So how can they expect to resonate? They're going to miss it. But I understand why, because the content that's desirable, like that a League 2 team can make, maybe isn't as engaging because... They have got an older fan base. Yeah. They don't want to see that kind yeah. of stuff. Or they're not they're not on YouTube, but they're not consuming on social. It's true. So what they have is teams like SE Dons, Baytees, those guys, they have a fan base that's expecting to see content and they want to see content and it's going to grow and grow and grow. So these guys can absolutely do whatever they want in that space and they, they can become proper clubs. They can go bigger and come into the league and setup. Get ultimately into the Premier League. They're signing commercial deals. They're selling merchandise. They're so sick. And why not? Why not? What, um, what other sort of brands do you see wanting to tap into this space and how can they do it authentically? Obviously, we've seen... It's so varied for me. Like, you've got sports brands like New Balance, then Wingstop. Mm-hmm. Where else? Where does it stop? Or could it just be infinite? Any brand can sort of... Because football's such a massive game anyway. Yeah, like I said earlier about football was that space right now and sport in general is such a desirable place to be relevant. Yeah. Um, and again, every brand is going to want to get involved. Every brand is going to... I mean... Look at, like you said, Wingstop, but brands like Nando's, you know, how much does Nando's connect to this? They do like, it all the, the youth time. culture. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, Mike and Nando's got a just yeah, really yeah, sick they get together. Yeah. Mike and Nando's, yeah. So if you're, if, if you're a brand that is part of the lifestyle of a demographic that you're trying to connect yeah, with, yeah. you're already like halfway there. And how yeah, you yeah. kind of translate that is just up to your ideas and thinking. But any brand can connect, like, as long as it's authentic. Like I said before, like, yeah. partnerships need to be authentic. Yeah. And um, so if you're making a great product, and you know your demographic, That's it. and you can absolutely be exactly in that space. Yeah, yeah. I rate that. I, I love that idea. Times. I love seeing people that, are, things that are left field coming together, you know, like, that's sometimes when you get the best ideas, you know, I wouldn't expect that from 100%, 100%. Them, 100%. When works. two different worlds collide, it's uh-huh. sick. All right, cool. Uh, let's touch on uh, esports very quickly. It, it, like, we can't not speak about it. It's yeah. everywhere. It's booming right mm-hmm. now. Um, how do you think it's impacting the culture? And how will brands 
like, for example, ProDirect, they don't, I don't think they actively do esports right now, but how no. brands like ProDirect impact that space as well? Yeah, I mean, it's again, it's all down to that enablement and how we support the content creation and the guys that are in, impactful in that scene. Like, yeah. esports is something that I've kind of explored a little bit. Yeah. I went to a couple of conferences about it. Um, I, did, I spoke with Christian Fuchs, actually. He launched his own esports team. I didn't know that. Yeah, the yeah. Leicester City yeah, player, yeah? yeah. yeah. He, he, he his own esports team. He has his own esports team. That's dope. Let's uh, plug it in right now, man. I can't uh, what it's called. If we Google it, we'll find yeah, it. Christian Fuchs esports. Oh, cool uh, don't worry. It's fine. We'll find it. Sorry, Christian. He was making an esports arena in New York. Like, There's all these esports, dedicated Yo. esports arenas that are out there now. Um, you mean, you've seen the, the content from these like Fortnite championships yeah, yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. It's it goes crazy. off. It's crazy. And actually, in the latest series of Ballers, uh, one There's of the e one of the NFL guys in Baller's fictional character, he like is like I want to quit NFL and be an esports gamer. No way, as, yeah. as a serious yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and there's a competition and that. But Listen, esports is, a, is huge, you know. Like, and I, I found it really interesting. Like some of the conferences I went to, and they were talking about how they treat their guys like athletes because they are athletes 100%. in a weird sense 100%. it's a mindset shift they've got nutritionists now they've got doc like team yeah. doctors no joke yeah, yeah exactly that it's serious they so christians guys they were living in like an incubator they put them in a house they were training together yeah. they had a new chef they had all this kind of physiotherapy mindset stuff sleeping like to perform in anything at the best level you need to have that kind of impact in your life you need to be thinking about these kind of things um so yeah, esports is something that I think is really interesting how it will grow. You've obviously got like the Premier League esports league going on. Yeah. You've got each club now finding esports gamers to represent them. Um, so when you're specifically looking at like games like FIFA and stuff, obviously you know how big FIFA is anyway. It's like that is for a lot of people is so much ingrained into our lifestyle. Of like, I mean, how many times can you remember being a kid and just like, oh, let's go with your friends and yeah, play FIFA? Playing FIFA. Yeah, yeah. So now that you can do it on like a professional level, it's, it's mad. It's and, crazy. Um, esports merchandise as well, like esports kits. And you've seen it with EA, like EA That's and true. Adidas teamed up last season and they had the, the fourth kits, which were only available in FIFA, which were like a digital release and stuff oh, like that. Word. But okay. then they sold it as a real jersey. So um, the crossover between bringing digital products into the real world, I think is really interesting. Uh, and it's only going to get bigger and bigger. So yeah, I think you're naive to ignore esports. You can slate it. You can say, ah, oh, now what is this? It's here to stay. It's there it? to stay. And it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And there's no reason why it won't be as impactful and as kind of relevant as real world sports in the coming years. No, that's massive, man. I'm actually very, very excited to see where it goes, man. Mm. All right, cool. So as we come to the back end of um, the podcast, um, you know it's called The Influencer's Influence and I have to ask you a few questions around that. So okay. for you, Ned, what's currently influencing you? What's currently influencing you? I'm, I'm like a marketeer's dream because I get so easily influenced. <laughs> I like buying everything. <laughs> and I consume a lot of content as well. Uh, what's influencing me? I'm influenced by social a lot. Yeah. Like, I do. Like I like to browse and see what's out there. I'm like, I'm a product guy. Like, I love products. So uh, quite often I'll be on, I follow obviously my favourite athletes, some of my favourite creators. And I, yeah, of course, I see things. I'm like, oh, I want to get that. So what, you see like what athletes wearing or rocking? Yeah, or what athletes you're like, yeah, wearing, this is it, I'm going to... Uh, what athletes are listening to yeah. that influences me. Yeah, I definitely am influenced. Anyone that I think that says, oh, no, no I don't get influenced. Crazy. No, you're especially lying. in this day and age, man. Yeah, it's yeah. everywhere. Just exactly. go on your phone and yeah, 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 you can't miss it, really. I, and I'm bad for my phone. That is one area. Are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always on it. Because it was be kind fair, of You'd be very disciplined right now, you know. Not I locked once. it away. <laughs> okay, that's I why. I airplane moded it as well. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. okay. I hear that, I hear that. But no, like I, I love seeing what's out there. I love seeing what other people are creating. So yeah, yeah obviously, like sometimes you see someone wearing something, you're like, oh. Yeah, and I, I, I'm a bit of a detective. 
like if I see something and I don't know what it is, I work out. I like to work out. Like, like, to, yeah, because like if you see a, like a, a strange logo, you're like, well, yeah, okay. or like even something that is unbranded. And yeah. you're like, oh, what is that? And you it, can still it, figure it, it out. Like, well, I try. Yeah, I go, I go, I go on the hunt. You, <laughs> you know? go on the hunt for it. Yeah, and I think that's I respect that's, it. that's quite cool. It. You know, like to have something that like others aren't on yet or stuff like that. Of course, I like that feeling as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm definitely influenced by athletes as well. Like a lot of athletes. All right, what's your definition of an influencer? Yeah, I mean, I think the term has got some negative press because mm. people put it in their bio, like, oh, I'm an influencer or yeah. whatever. That's nonsense. Yeah. What A true influencer is somebody that is doing positive things in their in their space, you know? Mm-hmm. In, you, you, you don't choose to be an influencer. Like, influencer is just kind of the the effect of what you've done, which is something else. Like, you yeah. don't choose to influence. Yeah. Like, what you're doing, you're just doing positive things or you're creating great things. Of course. So, for me, an influencer is somebody that's out there that's being a role model, creating... In, role model is not just the... The kind of the social responsibility side no. is like being a role model in the sense of wow they're successful or wow they're doing something which I, I like yeah. so and again a lot of your favourite influencers may not be successful like they might just front in and they might be putting <laughs> stuff out there on Instagram for the gram you know exactly Do it for the gram. everyone's yeah, guilty of yeah, that yeah, yeah. but yeah. what it truly is someone that's an influencer is somebody that's done something that you can look at and be like wow I really ap- appreciate what they've done there mm-hmm. they've done something that's kind of unique they've done something creative and you can't knock anyone's hustle even if they are faking it like that you've bought into it, it. people have bought into it Word. and as long as it's honest in a sense of like it's not vulgar or mm-hmm. not damaging mm-hmm. other people like then why not like let them do it I mean, it's up to you to decide what influences you as well 100% you so have there is, you have your own responsibility yeah yeah you can't <coughs> be like oh they made me buy it. Yeah, like, no. no. Like, have some strength in yourself. Of course, and of course. work out what's good that. for you and what's not. But I like the idea that people that are doing positive things and they're, they're creating things that are interesting. Like, I like if that someone's, definition. someone's taking your interest, then... They're influencing you. Mm. But, well, they, you, they're getting a chance to influence you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, yeah. cool. And you choose who you choose. Exactly, who exactly. All right, cool. Would you say that you were? Or are you an influencer? <laughs> uh, maybe not in the overt sense, but I definitely like to feel like some of the things I've worked on over the years mm-hmm. and some of the ideas and concepts I've had have definitely kind of put people onto things or they've helped like maybe a product sell in the marketplace and maybe in the football boot world I kind of feel like I have got 100%. a bit of reputation it's quite a niche little world but I feel like I have over- again because it was that was my passion I exactly. did it for years and years and so I have a lot of experience and I feel like I have a lot of knowledge which I can give to a lot of people I in that share space that, so. so yeah and I like sharing the knowledge on that space so Good. some of the videos I did with Product X and Good. stuff so yeah, maybe in a niche little way, yeah. But I mean, I don't have a huge following myself or anything like that. But yeah, in, in your it's way, in, in your world, in my little world, <laughs> I respect that, and that's that's ultimately what it is, man. You have to impact what's mm. around you and your community, and I hear that, bro. All right, cool. So this one usually stumps people. So just take a deep breath. What one truth do most people disagree with you on that you agree with? So one, what one truth do you believe which most people disagree with you on? Sorry, the first time one was a bit weird. <laughs> what one truth? Do you agree which most people disagree with you on? Uh, maybe not most people, but I believe a lot of people are... I, I'm fully a, a believer now that you can go and do what you want. Okay. Like, And I feel like that's controversial for a lot of people. As in anything? Yeah. Okay. Like, If you want to create something, go do it. And... There's always a lot of people that are like, oh, well, I can't because of X or mm. I need to get a job or I work nine to five. Like, yeah, you do. You do, yeah. But so does everybody else Facts. if they have to. Like, you can do it. Facts. Like, anybody can do anything they want right now. And it does frustrate me when sometimes people are trapped in the loop, you know? Like, they're in a point where... And I think people are products of their environment. Mm. So it depends, like, obviously, how you grew up, what your parents did, what's expected of you. Facts. Are you expected to go to university? Facts. Are you expected to get a job? Are you expected to get married? Facts. Scrap it. Like, do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And 
I feel like I say that a lot to people, and sometimes they're like, mm, "It's easy to say," but yeah, I'm like, I don't believe it. Like, I, I'm like, no, like if you really or truly believe it, and like I said at the start, passion. If it's actually your passion and you want to do it because it's what you want to do, and you can't say, oh, "I want to do it because I want to make money." No, of course. Oh, not. I want to do it because it's fun. Of course not. <coughs> That's just jumping in a bandwagon, and I've saying that to my yeah. guests before, like. Imagine you jump on something mm. only because you think it's successful in that moment, yeah? But yeah. you actually hate it. But yeah. then you can fail at what you don't like, bro. So imagine 10 years down the line, yeah. it's dead and you hated every yeah. step of it. You just hated 10 years of your life and you failed as well. That's yeah. going to be like the worst and thing ever. Do you I know mean, what I'm saying? Personally, I'm not, I'm not great at it either. Sometimes I should take more risks. I should yeah. do more things. Everyone yeah. should take it's more hard. risks. It's hard, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, and I f- like to fail, like, do you have the fear of failure or do you have that need to achieve? Yeah. And there's two different mindsets. I hear that. Um, so, yeah, I think that's one thing that I would disagree with a lot of time. And also, yeah. this is more of a personal thing, but yeah. when people say to you, oh, yeah, you're lucky. Yeah, I hate that. You're lucky to have that job. That. You're lucky you get... To- it's not luck. There's graph, bro. Yeah, there's, obviously, come you, on, do there's need, graph, bro. you do need a little bit of luck somewhere. But it's not... Oh, it's not all luck. Like you don't; these things don't happen. Like you don't do good things by being lucky. Mm, you need to have mm, luck, of mm. course. But it's not the reason why these things happen. I mean, reason, it gets you. Maybe it might get you. Maybe a foot through the door. But to be there and to stay there and to yeah. deliver, this that goes beyond luck. Yeah, 100%. you might have a lucky chance meeting that, like, you connect with somebody and then you follow it. But it's not the luck that gets you there. Of course like, not. So uh, you got to be yeah. prepared to take that luck, right? If you're not. Yeah. Whether it be in terms of your skill set, in terms of your mentality, yeah. you might meet the right person tomorrow, but mm-hmm. then boom, you're not ready for it. Yeah. So that is that lucky then? Of course. Do you know what I'm saying? So I I hear that, bro. I yeah. hear that. I think there are my two things which I feel like maybe slightly controversial, like nah, I like yeah, them, you know. Get out there I and like do them. stuff. That's my main message I would say. I like them. Try it. Try anything. Alright, cool. So someone wants to follow in your footsteps. Is there one piece of advice? Obviously you mentioned the hard work. Yeah. Uh is there something to just be like, this is what you really need to bear in mind? I feel like the biggest thing that enabled me to do what I did is I found my passion and I found my lane. If yeah. You know what I mean? Like I never knew what I wanted to do. I still don't really know what I want to do. Like obviously I know an area. And of there's no shame. Like, yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I think like, I think back to school. You know, like when you're like 16. Like, oh, what do you want to be? Yeah. They slap like, that question on you, you mad know, aggressive. Like, you know. And I used to, you know this mad is again. Bro. People say this all the time. Oh, I don't know what I wanted to be, and I'm 52. Or whatever. Like, but it makes sense. Like <laughs> yeah. you, you genuinely don't know. Like jobs like this didn't exist. Like you couldn't be of a social course. media guy when I was of sixteen. Course. There wasn't a thing. Of course. Uh, obviously, marketing has always existed in one way or another. Of but course. I feel like, yeah, just to 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 get to that kind of position where you really appreciate what you do. Yeah. You need to find and pursue your passion. Like, yeah. don't feel like you're following something because someone else thinks you should. Like I yeah. said before, right. like, because m- my dad wants me to be a lawyer or whatever. Right. Like, no, like you need. He's not the guy going into the office nine right. till nine till nine. He's not gonna day. be there yeah. doing the hustle, man. He's exactly. Not doing so, it, so, and uh, in a world where it's Honestly, you can you can find value in so many different ways. Mm. Find your value, find what you bring to the table, and then pursue that. Like get out there and like try and connect with people that are like you. Find the things that you like to do. Um, If you're gonna work for a brand, work for a brand that you identify with. Like that's uh, you consume so many things. Find a brand that has the same values as you. Um, So I think that's true. I think a lot of people sometimes. You get stuck in a position where you're working for a company that you don't like, you're working in a job you don't like, and you're moaning about it. That's so mad to me as well. And you're just doing it to probably impress other people. That's mm. To me, that's a mad, mad, mad situation. Yeah, All right, yeah. cool. Final question, man. This is your opportunity to just shamelessly plug in anything you want to about 
what you're doing, what you're going to do in the future, anything you want to shamelessly plug in, bro, this is your chance. No, I mean, obviously, my Instagram is where I post most of my content, which yeah. is NedOz9, N-E-D-O-Z-9. Um, always keep an eye on the ProDirect channels. There's some great content the guys are creating over there. There's still some things I worked on that hasn't come out yet, so I'd yeah. like to see that go out. Good. But uh, I love watching the guys making <coughs> content and seeing all that kind of football boot and football world stuff. We've done some great stuff with Chunks and Young Philly of recently. Course, yeah. Uh, but yeah, other than that, follow anyone you like, innit? Get out there and just like, whatever you <laughs> like. Life, but but su support people, you yeah, know? Like, a lot of negativity out there. And again, this is probably a message for other people. Like, don't be afraid to put stuff out there. Like, word. if you want to create, so I really admire what you're doing nah, here, thank James. You, bro. You're putting yourself out there. You're connecting with people. You're putting good people from the industry on here to, Cheers, do, to talk and share their stories. Um, so I hope people respect that, what you're doing. Love, uh, and yeah, go and create something. Like, if you have a passion, you want to put it out there, you don't have to be like everybody else either, you know? Like, you could do a podcast. You can do word. written word. You, you can, can find your video. own format. You, you could be a photographer. You could be graphic. Just do whatever you want to do. And if you have a, if you want to pursue it, just go out there and get it, innit? Word. Love, bro. Listen, yeah. Ned, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. I've been doing the James. This has been another episode of the Influencers Influence. Peace.